Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. What, what makes this one special? It's Christmas. Oh, fair <laughs> enough, man. Fair enough. It is that time of year, Whitney. Yeah, I mean, you started so somber. I was like, man, is... This sounds like a bad back-to-school special. Yeah, exactly. Something is, wrong? What's wrong? T- what's What was that dog's name? What's wrong, Lassie? Is Jimmy in the well? Yeah, it's Jimmy in the is, well. Is, exactly. Is Jimmy addicted to crack cocaine again, Lassie? <laughs> no, Jimmy's heard way too many Burl Lives Christmas songs at this point. That's that's what the problem is. You know, for the first when the first time the first time in my life I actually saw Burl Lives, Oh, God, I said, God bless I said, Burl Ives. I said, he, you know, that man can sing. That snowman even looked like Burl Ives. Yes, the snowman looks like Burl Ives, or Burl Ives looks like the snowman. So for people yes. that don't know what we're talking about, just go YouTube Burl Ives <laughs> Snowman, and I'm sure you will figure yeah. it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is uh, he is the source of uh, many a joy for young kids watching, watching those old uh, Christmas specials. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there... Like a like a electric razor commercial that was Burl Ives as the snowman, but it was riding in like the head of an electric razor. Yeah, that's. I think it was a, a little bit more modern of a commercial, though. I think they got Burl Ives as he was a little bit older to do that. Oh, but so, it, so it, but yes, I do the, remember that the sellout Burl Ives. <laughs> okay, all right. well, you know, Burl. I mean, you know, you've got to pay for an AARP membership somehow. You know, so <laughs> if anyone's new to the show, they're like, "What is this?" Yeah, about. and it's not about arcades or pinball. I can I can say that. It's kind of how not we start, start every show. It yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. A, a rambling, uh, a rambling diatribe. diatribe that shows that our IQ is far less than what we pretend it to be. What does so, yeah. Burl lives, crack cocaine, and shavers have to do with pinball uh, and arcades? You know, the great thing about it is we're two minutes in, and I've already got a potential show title. Yeah. Oh, please don't, please don't have crack cocaine in it because I'm no, sure that'll, uh, that'll no. be awesome kinds of flags no 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 it's just uh hey man it sounds like burl lives so oh, there you go it's a good one that's right a there good one. yes how about some updates whitney let's let's do it dude because uh number one baby it's cold outside I know. you just don't you see what i did there didn't I you did. Oh, okay for, yeah, yeah okay for, no 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 baby it's cold outside right you, and yeah. you kind of you kind of like slid in with like a little like a little catchy tune. Yeah, well, I've already, lives yeah, I've already yeah. watched Elf a couple of times oh, by you? now, so you know it's it, it starts to it's, it starts to get me in the in the spirit. The man. Elf with um, help me with the name here, the tall dude. Uh, yeah, um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just I you mean, know, we often talk classic about, modern well, day classic. We often talk amongst ourselves and by ourselves, you and I. Uh, <laughs> about because nobody else is here no you're exactly right yeah uh we often talk about being proud of the show and it being something that years down the road are uh, my niece my nephew if yep. i ever have any kids your kids mm-hmm. they could listen to and mm-hmm. be proud of what we did and, yeah you know, be you know we often have that discussion yeah so this is where it goes off the rails and if my niece hears this she might have a stroke so uh when my niece was younger have you told her that santa claus isn't real is that what you're is that what you're getting ready to roll into whitney 
that is a lie and you know it. <laughs> it, it is because you know something. Santa uh, is so, so real. real. It is so real. And and you know something else. Santa is real as a potential show title. This, this much let me write that down. <laughs> because you know something, Grace, right now, being twelve. Now kids she, listen to this show. Yes. And she often asks me, Oh yeah, that's true. She yes. often asks me, she's like, Daddy, is Santa is Santa really real? And Absolutely. I'm like and I'm like you bet your bottom dollar Santa's real. Because Santa is Santa's here because we all want Santa to be here. Absolutely. So yes. So my niece, when she was uh, uh, much younger, she uh, had just watched Elf. Okay. And shortly thereafter, my sister happened to peek right around the corner of you know the right around the wall, right through the opening between the wall and the or excuse me the kitchen and the front room. Yeah. To their their home at the time yeah and she just happened to see emma in a mad dash across the front room uh-huh she leapt through the air like rudolph yeah there's a tie back callback uh, yeah sprung off the couch and bear hugged the christmas tree all the way to the ground <laughs> did she she really I did assure you she did yes, yes she did yes exactly and uh, um that's a move man that was a move that's a move hey yeah. She did it. That's that's awesome. So I, yeah, there I'm telling stories on on my niece. It's it's okay. It, what would have been really awesome if if she had just you know clenched both of her fists and her eyes got real big <laughs> and she and she she screamed it to the point to where her head started to shake and she goes <laughs> Santa like that because uh, to this day that that scene and in the scene where Buddy gets hit by the taxi and he flips <laughs> over the taxi are I, I mean there's just so much so I much that great about it. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, you you owe it to yourself. Last year, I sat down and I made time to watch. I wanted to watch a Christmas story. You know, the Peter Billings Lee. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. And and you see, at least I do. There's one of the one of the networks. (laughs) In the leg lamp. Oh my gosh. One of the networks runs it like for 48 hours. Oh yeah. So you always see bits and pieces of it. I thought I had the DVD. Turns out my I'd lent it to my sister. So. I ended up watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, oh, which yeah. was which was fine as yeah. well. Uh-huh. But I sat down and specifically made time to step away from all the madness and just relax for an evening. Yeah. So this year I'm. I, I, so, Elf might be on the on Elf, the to do list. Elf is good jollies, man, because it, there's enough there that you you laugh and I mean we typically watch it maybe four or five times every year in in oh, wow. in, the, in the span of a month we'll watch it four or five times. So it's a it's a favorite it's a favorite at our house. Well, for speak, sure. speaking of Burl lives and speaking of the cold, I'll go ahead and apologize now. I don't know what my voice sounds like to you, Whitney, but to me it sounds like I'm in a tin can. No, in these earmuffs, man, you sound you sound great. Oh, great. Yeah, you sound great. What kind of voice would I have? Is it that like that sultry kind of deep blues kind of voice, or is it just? I, I, I don't. I don't even really know how to comment on that. I'm just going to tell you, you sound okay. All right, you sound like July and December. How about that? Your head shook a little, like you reset. Yes, I did reboot. I think I blue screened. I did a core dump, and then and then I restarted again real fast. Oh my gosh, there's a ball hung. Turn the pinball off. Yes, Turn the machine yes. off. I run on SSD, so I do. I do oh boot my fast. Gosh, but that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go ahead and apologize now if there's any coughing or anything down. We have that that yet again that wonderful kind of Kentucky weather that that we love so much that varies up and down. There a few days ago, I was out in like jeans and a you know a light know. long sleeve shirt, and then then it's snow flurries yeah i mean literally a week ago it was 65 degrees out mm -hmm. i mean it was just insano and now it's like 16 oh yeah 
So yeah, I'll apologize ahead of time. Ohio Valley, yep. welcome. All right, so here's some updates, Whitney. Last show I mentioned that I was getting ready for my annual party, and that went off, and actually went off very well. I was highly, highly pleased to see how how well that was attended i mean when we pulled in your driveway there was no place to park i was gonna have to put it in four-wheel drive and just drive over top of somebody else <laughs> and i actually thought about it and jackie said no you don't you do not do that and i'm like oh yeah don't actually, make a bad impression yeah don't make a bad impression embarrass me in front of all these people i'm like well i'm gonna show up so that's 50 percent of it right there you know so but yeah dude you had a full house so here's a funny story about that you I, I told you about it i don't think no 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 i did i sent you the uh, air, and i'm making air quotes no one can see i sent you the official invite right yes uh-huh yeah i got so the email did yep. you notice what was at the very bottom of the email uh, uh you no i don't remember i'll go back and look well no no, no well you, you i'm sure you probably didn't read the whole thing which i don't expect because you knew you knew the deal well i read your parking instructions that and, was it and i also saw the little aerial map of, I, of I, your uh, yes. of your property so yeah so in one year i was like look at that one year i realized that i spent my entire party uh-huh. in the cold directing traffic in a t-shirt yeah. because i thought oh i'll just be out there a second yeah. directing traffic and moving cars yeah it, that's not where you want to be and what what had happened was people would come in and uh, you know i've got a decent size blacktop area right behind the house and then there's a concrete pad right off that in front of a, my front garage and then there's i don't know like a little lane or little road if you will that goes around that garage to another concrete pad in the back in front of a pole barn and there's little offshoots like gravel in front of a shed there's all in front of a shed there's all kinds of places well i'd have people scuddy holes yeah exactly i'd have somebody pull in and just like i'm here i am park yeah throw it up and park yeah or and then block that lane and cut off the whole back of the lot and then of course everyone would pile up so you'd get to the point where you the the main driveway next to the house you'd have three or four cars down it and you'd have a collection of cars that were dropped from space uh-huh. right there where it it opens up behind the behind the house and nobody can get out nobody can, and the one person that's at the very front of it they can drive donuts or so much space but they can't get out yes yeah and so i i decided to take a google map shot of the property and i actually put this is so geeky i put red boxes like here's where you can park and i put you can park here you can park here you can please don't do this please don't. And yeah then, since then uh, for the most part, I haven't had any problems. Yeah, I have no, not had to go outside, and it's just worked. Yeah, it worked out well. So, but lesson you, learned. But you had a basement full of people, man. I mean, oh, yeah, it was good. A basement full of people. I've had, do, do you know how many people were here? I have up? no idea. Yeah. I, I've had, a, actually, believe it or not, I've had uh, a little bit bigger attendance, believe it or not. Huh. So, yeah, but no, this was a real good year. Yeah, it was, definitely. I, I haven't even had the opportunity to really kind of clean up i've done a general quick vac like right here at the bottom of the steps but i haven't even really gone through the game room what i was really looking forward to i still need to do is go through all the games pull all the quarters Uh um count (laughs) and and, yeah and get an idea of of like what got played yeah that'll figure in and it was as i've talked about on prior shows there's going to be some additional mix-ups down here change-ups yeah I'm sure the 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 play count, if you will, will factor into what what gets 
out. Yeah. You know, I, I, what, what goes on the block. Yeah. I'm sure that pole position will stay because Grace and I, Grace and I fed it at least $8. So <laughs> eight dollars of my money, $8 of your money. Yeah. So we played pole position quite a bit. So, so uh, actually that just reminded me something I wanted to add to the show notes yeah. uh, about the pole position board. Oh, okay. So anyway, the, that's what I was talking about earlier. The pole position. Did you notice where it's at? It's over against that wall. Uh huh. Yeah. Back in the corner. That is kind of, my seed if you will for going through and rehabbing my cockpit yes and then putting the cockpit in that space so it can extend out along that wall yep yep so that's what's going to happen perfect spot for it can't wait to get mine uh up and running again as well so yeah yeah so there will always be a pole position down here yes that's that's the intention it's a great game great game but it, it it uh, the the party went off wonderfully. I was very very happy. I think I mentioned no one burned the house down. No games burned up. Uh, you obvi- you know you obviously saw my awesome new RGB LED sign well, that I have here at the bottom of the steps. Yep, it's the bomb. It is. What what, is, what do you think that is, Whitney? Probably mm-hmm. five foot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, easy. So it's made up of. I I had to assemble it. I think it's four or five. discrete panels and then they daisy chain together okay and there's a single controller and you know you stick a usb stick in it and it'll pull down the program and then right now it's got the default a default program in it that the gentleman i got it from uh set in it kind of like as a demo so Mm -hmm. it's it's got some animated gifs in it of like the defender logo and wizard of war with the little wizard kind of doing his little dance and pac-man it's got our you know broken token in it and our website info and it just kind of a bunch of cool stuff that it kind of rotates through i i I need to get down actually and get the software out and get that demo out it's neat and kind of tweak on a little bit but oh man it's so cool yeah yeah that's that's cool it's one of those things that you almost want to get another one just to like take to shows or something like that because you don't want to be taking that one down and out all the time that's a that looks like a good permanent spot i originally was going to put it on this pole here that's that's in the game room so you know my game room slash the broken token studio is um my basement yeah so this home has the support poles for the second floor and then they've been nicely boxed and trimmed out yeah so it's just not like a steel pole yeah so originally i was going to put it on one of these poles vertically as it turns out when you come down the steps kind of have this like if you look up, I have this inverse stair step kind of effect as the ceiling comes down and then it works its way around some ductwork. Yeah. And it actually made for a perfect little pocket uh-huh. to stick that sign horizontally in that space. And that's actually what I ended up doing. So Yeah, yeah it worked out well. Now, I've got a really cool picture of it, but I want to recreate it for us to use and what the picture is is from my steps of the sign with the games on along this back wall no, and I it's see. perfectly framed yeah it would be a great picture to get our logo up on it and, no you know, nice that maybe something to work on after yeah, the holidays fair enough fair enough yep. that, yeah it's awesome uh game room i, I uh, want one i'll just oh, leave it at yeah, that yeah i want one yeah don't yeah. need it don't, don't need, need it. it at all but i sure do want it yeah i think we can hook you up yeah we'll hook you up now, man. I, hadn't, I hadn't mentioned any names yet but uh the the person that the that was the originator of the sign and all the pieces and parts you know who you are mm-hmm. so if he's on it if uh um i don't know I, I, if you're gonna do I, maybe like a mini biz that, 
I don't know. Let we'll, us know. We'll, we'll chat with him and see if he's cool with uh, the details. Dropping names. Yeah, name dropping. Yeah. But until then, we'll just say he's awesome. Mr. Sign. Yeah, Mr. Sign is awesome. All right, so game room change-ups, and this was right before my, my party. Tron, my Tron, I've got the two Trons. The Tron that I decided was going to be my keeper, I got it finished up, and it's out here on the floor. Uh, Wells Gardner 4900 in it came out beautifully, but it was one of those monitors that somewhere along the line, the, the, the glue had chipped off the purity rings, and it had gotten bumped and moved around mm. and just was way out of convergence yeah how long did it take you to reconverge it i probably squirreled with it for 30 minutes or so yeah yeah i, I put the the tpg the test pattern generator yeah. the crafty mech test pattern generator up on it yeah and did like the cross hatch with the dots yeah and when i do that i don't know if you've ever messed with them what I do is I'll take a Sharpie and I'll draw, draw, draw. There yeah. you go. Pardon me. Yeah. Not, not only does my voice, do I still sound like I have a screwed up voice and I'm afraid I'm going to cough into the mic, but apparently it's also accentuated my accent. Oh, there's no doubt about yes. it. Yeah. 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 I'll draw a straight line across the rings as they set now. Yeah. And then put a dot like on the neck or on the tube. So I've got a, a point of reference for those rings. Yeah. And I can always get back to where it was, even if it was jacked up. Yeah. Because generally, if someone's just kind of bumped them, yeah. it's kind of close. It's kind of close. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and that's what I did. So yeah. drew the line. It's been a while since I had done it. So it, I was trying to recall which set affected which color yeah. and which took me a little bit to kind of get that all worked back out and then got it where i liked it and yeah re-glued it yeah it good, good deal good deal but no, it, it came out great it's been probably a year and a half since i've since i've messed with one um on on a sanyo monitor but yeah it's it's fun to do as long as you don't get it so far out that you can't get it back in mm-hmm. but it, it is interesting it's just a point of curiosity to watch the color to watch the guns move and watch the colors move as is that you know as you're twisting those rings it's just it's it's neat you think that's fun to do? No, I do. Yeah, it's fun to watch. What it, I mean, what else would you consider fun? Like, like cleaning the back of your eyelids with a sewing needle I've or something? Never, you know, I've never done that. Um, I just, I'm just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm I don't trying know. to figure out where this ranks in the in the well, annals of fun. I, well, you know, it's one of those. It, it's it's satisfying when you get it done. Yeah, let's put it that way. Okay, I can go with that. Yeah, let's let's just go with that. My God, I want to keep sharp objects away from you. Yeah, now I'd, I'll never be able to look at eyelids and, and needles. The well, same that was way just again. that was just some random, potentially painful things and potentially sharp things that I just glued together in my brain. So, <laughs> yeah, very, very painful. Now, and not it's things of nightmares. Um, the Tron got new ribbon cables on the board set. That's kind of a must. I'm pretty sure we talked about that last show or maybe the show prior. Yeah, where at one point in time you were kind of squirreling around with old computer cables and yes, the like and then now yes. there's sources for the cables yes. and they're actually relatively inexpensive yeah. and nicely made so, so. Who, who did you get your cables from i've got sets from both mark spath uh-huh and arcade shop uh-huh mark spath's his cables in my mind his cables are the way to go yeah yes and his cables are well, arcade shops are nice don't get me wrong mark space are uber nice uber nice yes yeah. it's it's kind of like do you want the v6 
yeah. or the base V8 Camaro, yeah. or do you want the Super Sport? Yeah, that's and there and there is a difference. Yes, there is. There is a difference. Yes, arcade shops are crimped, kind of like um, computer cables, like yeah. hard drive cables. Yeah. Whereas Marks are, when I say crimped, it's like that. I don't know how to. This is yet again a thing in an audio medium where we're trying to describe something very visual. They look like the old older hard drive cables, uh-huh. where it's like a pass through thing and it's an insulation displacement type of a connector and the top and the bottom kind of mush together yeah. and crimp and you got like a vampire tap that goes through and touches each each of the ri- it, cables and the ribbon and they're extremely secure i, yeah. I mean they're, they're not going anywhere you can tell that if you tugged on them they're, they yeah the arcade shops would fatigue before marks fatigue and then marks are individual wires uh-huh. or a heavier cable yeah. ribbon if you will with the individual wires split out and then actually crimped yes into a header that's that's it and you can tell with marks that the way that he's the way he's made those cables is they because they're all separated like that and individually crimped they relieve all the tension on every other cable mm-hmm. so it's not like it's not like a twist will cause the cable to pull it just it just doesn't happen so yeah I, i'm a big fan of his so so I've got both sets. Um, yeah. I can't remember which set I put in. Probably Marks in this one. I uh, had to swap in a new power supply, and I went with a factory linear one. The one that was in it was battery damaged pretty uh, heavily, but yeah. I already actually had a couple rebuilt kind of in my stash. So that was I'll drop that right in. All new fluorescent lamps, the black light lamps and the standard white fluorescent lamps. Yeah. The new groovy Game Gear Tron joystick handle. And then right before the show, you and I were talking about those toppers. Yeah, those, so those are sweet. You're looking at them. Describe them. Yeah. So essentially, what you have is you've got uh, there, there's two uh, properties uh, in the in this topper. There's a light cycle, a single light cycle, and then there's a single recognizer. Light cycle is clear uh, with it looks like white etching on it, and the recognizer is uh, also clear, but it has like a, a pinkish red tint to it as well. And then, uh, of course, it's it's etched as uh, also. But when they light up, they're just I mean they Under glow. The black they, they're just yep. be, they're beautiful. Yeah. So those came from game stencils game stencils.com yeah and when i opened the package i looked at the shipping date and, and i've had those i i want to say it was like ten, right at 10 years i think january would be 10 years <laughs> since 2008 yeah, yeah. i i was shocked yeah that how long i'd had them yeah yeah just sitting there in a box waiting for one day when i'd i don't even remember if i had a tron at that point in time yeah. but it was one of those you bring it up all the time if you think you're gonna use it you better buy it. you better buy it <laughs> because let me tell you that i can walk in my workroom downstairs in my house and three quarters of what i have is no longer available yep seriously i, I it, understand no that jo- entirely no yep. joke yeah i've got some i've got the same yeah i've got parts in uh, my workroom behind you that it's just like i, I know i can't i can't get it I, I can't put my hands on that anymore no that's exactly right yeah and one day i'll use them like <laughs> i did the tron parts exactly so. exactly Anyway. Thing is you just don't lose them that, that's the big yeah. thing you, you just making sure you know where to go where they are so you can go put your hands on them again so that's the tron uh talked about the jurassic park already uh, when we were ta- when the last show we we're talking about just things i was going to do to kind of get ready for uh everything this year which was pinball wise it was to give everything a good cleaning uh kind of a rewax and just address anything that was kind of going on i noticed my jurassic park i had 
turned on lamp test just I want to make sure you know after it had traveled after I'd you know moved it from the garage down here yeah and just I want to make sure all the lamps were setting uh, you know because things will come loose LED, it's, it's all LED yeah make sure everything was working and I noticed that I had a couple lamps in the inserts that weren't working and so that's kind of odd so I looked in in the manual and the inserts are drawn on the page where it shows you where all the controlled lamps are but th- they weren't numbered uh-huh. so well, that's odd <laughs> So I opened up the play field and looked at it, and they weren't in a matrix. They were in the GI. So, okay, so that just must be an indicator if you hit that rollover, because these were on the outlanes, one on each side. Okay, so that if you hit the rollover, that's what the rollover does. It wasn't like it's active when it's lit type of a thing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But why aren't they lit? So then I started looking and I realized the GI and the entire lower half of the playfield was out. Oh, was oh it was out. I, every time I'd played the game, tested the game, I had had done it with all the lights on and all the other LEDs were so bright I never noticed it. So I, I took a look, that was a little bit of a head scratcher and I ended up just tracking it back to uh, a wonky wire all the way at the header, all the way up in the head. <laughs> and I, I kind of it's just fun. it's funny but not. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And just for time's sake, honestly, I just kind of manually recrimped it in there, which means I took a little itty bitty flat blade screwdriver and jammed it in there for all all of it was worth. I have to follow back up and just replace the connector. You know, it's one of those crummy insulation displacement connectors, and somewhere along the line, it just somebody might have worked on the on the board or whatever, and it just you yeah. know that particular wire fell victim, so yeah. it just needs to be replace but yeah so i had a little maintenance on jurassic park and i went ahead and did a little maintenance on ghostbusters you had gotten me that ecto goggles cover protector deal uh-huh. yeah that is put that on replace my hinges with the the cool hinges you got me with the little ghosts in them yeah they're they're pretty awesome aren't they yeah. i mean they turned out nice I, I, that game needs to be moved somewhere where you can actually see uh-huh. I, I have a feeling there's gonna be more rearrangements down yeah, here so fair enough you want to know what's interesting about ghostbusters i will say this when grace and i came down down here into the basement and i said okay baby what do you, what do you want to play and she goes want to play some pinball i'm like all right take your pick the very first one that she walked up to was Ghostbusters, and you know, and and your and our your buddy, mutual friend Jimmy Litzy, walked over, and he, and he was like, "Why is that the first one you walk up to and play?" And I'm like, "You know what? It's that good of a game because we like, even though we've got, you've one, got it, I know. Even though we have one at home, she she was like, I want to go play Ghostbusters.' And I'm like, "Let's play Ghostbusters." And you know what? And we. We had a we had a good time playing Ghostbusters. Have I mean, you, I just watch her play. You know, it's it's interesting. I got to play some uh, some games on it that that weekend, which is the first time in a while, and that's my fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, no, uh, trust I, me, I, I get it. Yeah. I, I I get it. I just enjoy playing it. Yeah. It's a good game. It's a good game. Have a uh, side note. Have you kept up with the Stern of the Unions? I have. Yes, I have. And I've heard them discussed a little bit on some other shows, and honestly. Uh-huh. Um, I've stayed. I would have picked that up on Facebook. Yeah, and I'm kind of on this thing right now where I'm just kind of over Facebook. So I am, <laughs> yeah, almost never uh-huh. on Facebook uh, at this point. Yeah, so nothing I, wrong with that at all. Since the first one, I haven't. Yeah, but I, I've heard that they've they keep dropping the hint that there's 
the code is forthcoming. One final update to the code right. for Ghostbusters. That, I yes. mean, have they have they just continued to like dangle a carrot, or they have? Yeah, it's it's just carrot dangling at this point. Okay. So, uh, in fact, they said less about it in the most current Stern of the Union than they did when they made the first announcement. So. I am sure for everybody listening, they, they know what that is. But just real quick, that that's Stern's monthly address to the to the buying public. It's just kind of like their newsletter. So they call it Stern of the Union, and it's it's a good move. I, it's the first time that first time in years that I've seen them be this proactive in communication. If not, if they well, I'll just say they've never been this proactive in communication. So <laughs> they just it's, hired, it's a good move for them. They just hired, and I'll get it wrong. I think it was. Zach Sharp. It's, it's one of the it sharps. Is, no, it is Zach Sharp. Okay, and, yes. and if if I've got it right, he one of the things that he's behind it is that mm-hmm. and yeah, helping mar- marketing and marketing PR. and PR. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing a really good job. That's what yeah, I. He's doing a really that's good my job. Impression as well. Yes, definitely. So I cliffied the Ghostbusters too. And I got a question for you. You didn't have to pull your play field out, did you? No. Oh, no, good no. for you. I did good not have to. You. I did not have to pull out my play field, turn it over, and spank and, it and shake it like shake. a dog. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Bad play field. Yeah, bad play field. Yeah, I'm jealous, man. Did uh, <laughs> do you have any problems, or have you noticed any problems with the auto launch? So, like, you know, ball save, or you've locked a ball and it serves a ball up for you. Okay. Have you had any random shots where the ball will dribble down the uh, uh, well? Because it's supposed to go around, around, and, and then, then it, it hits the pin. There's uh-huh. a pin that'll come up, and then it'll it'll dribble through the end lanes, and you yeah. do the lane change and all that. Yeah. Have you had any issues where it'll dribble out the right orbit? Not at all. No. Not at all. Mm-mm. Well, when the machines were first out, it seems like a few people had that problem. And mine has that problem. Okay. So what I've surmised watching watching it played is is that on some random occasion it will get enough air coming off the ramp out of the shooter lane because the 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 shooter lane mates with the orbit. Yeah. And to make that transition, there's a there's a ramp and then it'll huh. fall into the orbit. And then it falls into the orbit. Yeah. It's it actually like goes down a step. Right. Yes. Exactly. Uh huh. Well, mine will have enough gas to it on occasion. Yeah. Where it will just pitch it right into the back the backboard. Uh-huh. And when it does that, it'll hit stay puffed and you can see stay puff shake. Oh, okay. And then it'll dribble down the the right side orbit. Oh, okay. No, I've not seen I mean, I've not seen that yet, but you're saying it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent. Okay. Well, now that you said it, I'll watch for yeah. it, but well, no, I've not seen you'll, it. Well, first of all, just watch your see if stay puffed wiggles. Okay. Excessively like it was struck versus just like the machine. Yeah, just just kinetic energy. Yeah. yeah. So what I ended up doing one of the, Yes, we do know big words like yes, that. Yes, yes. Uh one of the things I did while I had it kind of all opened up and especially since I was putting cliffies like in the shooter lane and all that is I tripled up the spring on the auto launcher. There's no setting in, in setup specifically to to dial back the the auto launch coil. There's like a global setting. Uh-huh. Like and I think it has like maybe three steps like low, medium or high power for what i feel all the coils then you can turn down the coil like on the library scoop and i think you can turn down the coil that comes out of the subway on the right a little bit take some some heat out of that but there's not one for the auto launcher so i took two conical flipper return springs 
and basically tripled the springs on the auto launcher to slow it down a little bit. Did did it? Did it help? I haven't seen it do it since. Oh, okay. So All right. Here, here's another interesting thing. I know the rec bar one, you know, they've got a pro, mm-hmm. and theirs will actually strike stay puffed in such a way that it, there's if you if you have a ghostbusters and you he, stay puffed is spring loaded yeah you can push him over and there's a little spot a little place underneath him it's it stuck balls under stay puffed oh wow it's moved him that it, much it, yeah it has huh. so apparently uh if there's two lot where's there six balls in ghostbusters mm-hmm. if there's two balls lost it the game does stops yeah and the reason i know that is because you know the rec bar folks they've had two of them stuck and stay puffed and the game shuts off how about that just stops how about it okay so yeah if if anybody out there has that kind of that's how that's how i solved it i I took a couple you know 25 cent 50 cent whatever they cost standard conical flipper return springs like you'd use on all kinds of games you know And I just tripled up the spring on the auto launcher to take a little little heat off of it. Huh. Okay. Yep. Good deal. Good to know. And, and then past that, you know, a couple of the things. I got another Tron on deck. Talked about the other Tron earlier. So that's I, – I haven't looked at it, man. I have just been – honestly, I have been just so over – it yeah you know yeah, it's just right. sat there in the game room i get it is your plan to sell that one though yeah when you get that, it done? that one's that's the one i'm going to sell yeah I, gotcha. I looked at both the games and both of the cabinets were really nice uh-huh. and everything had its pluses and minuses and uh like i said this one here that's behind me is the one i decided to keep and i went ahead and focused on that so i could have it out here for the party yeah and it went over big man people love to play tron mm-hmm. i love to play tron i know it gets a bit of a bad rap for being deemed repetitive and without depth but i dig, I like I it. dig it the man. O- the only thing and, and i think that after i think it ramps up and down uh-huh. in terms of you have to get someone that's really good at tron to it seems to be that when you get to the the second rack the second iteration of the four mini games yeah like the light cycles you go from one cycle to, to three. three yeah and it's just if it was a little bit more linear a little bit had a bit more progression yeah. to it yeah yeah i i get that and it, it, i will say this though it does get fun the 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 i think the tanks uh, mini game is probably my favorite because I love like doing all the bank shots and hitting the tanks mm-hmm. and everything like that. To me, that's something where you, you kind of hunker down a little bit and and I, I'm really really watching you know really really watching where the turrets going and everything like that. I just I love that mechanic of that game so of that mini game. And then the cone is fun too, but the cone gets the MCP cone. It gets maddening mm-hmm. I, and it gets like so you've got fun. to be on it. You've got to be on it. And one one little misstep with the tr- trigger and you de-res and, and it, it's done so, i always like the light cycle game that yeah, was always my light favorite. cycles fun it is it is now do you have like full pattern thing going on with that now I no mean, okay. no i haven't i've played it just enough to kind of vet it all out and everything yeah and um i've kind of sharpened what little skills i had left just barely yeah i, I need i want to play it some more yeah, yeah. tron tron's a fun game man it, it is it's good 
past that, I, I've always got surprises, Whitney. And here's the two surprises. No, you got a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, surprise number one is I'm about to add a game to the lineup. I was what? Ho- I was hoping to have it here. Really? But it's Are not. Are you going to tell us what it is? I'm, of course, I'm going to tell you. What oh, it okay. Is. All right. All right. Uh, I have a Star Wars Episode One coming. Pinball 2000. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. 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 Okay. Uh, I expect that here within the next couple weeks. It's coming from a local. Okay. And um, actually, nice enough where he's going to deliver it for me. So I went yeah. and checked it out last weekend. It's even better. Uh, it turns out I'd already known the game. I didn't know uh, where it came from before the current owner. Yeah. But I, I, so I know, actually, I know some of the lineage of the game once we kind of got talking about it. Uh-huh. And it's it's on its way. So I think what's uh-huh. going to end up happening is the over here to my left where I've got my two Cinematronics games, I've got this little cubby. Yeah. The behind ripoff... I've actually got some space back to the wall, uh-huh. and I don't have as much space because of the game behind it. I don't have as much space behind the Star Castle. Yeah. So I think I'm going to rearrange these. I don't. These aren't going. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to slide Episode One here into the right where I've got deeper where it's deeper. Okay. And then the space next to it will have a temp game in it. Maybe one of these two Cinematronics for now, and but that's where my Star Wars upright, my Atari Star Wars upright vector game is going to go. I see. Well, I'm glad that Star Castle's not... I, I mean, I've never really had any nostalgia for Rip Off. I think it's a cool game. I just never played it as a kid Neither back I. in the day. But it, it's sweet. But uh, when we were down here, Grace and I played quite a bit of Star Castle. So uh, she she had never played it. And so she loved... It was it was fun watching her try to master the mechanics of that game because she would just wind up like spinning in circles and shooting <laughs> and stuff like that. But it was but did it, she have fun? She she had a blast. That's she, all that she, matters. She had a blast, and we played uh, probably eight or nine two player games of Starcast. Oh, that now, yeah. Does you know? I, oh, so it's it's one up at a time. One I'm, up at a time. I, yes. I, I'm I'm thinking of rip, rip off. Rip off is okay as a single person game, uh-huh. but you really need to play it with two people. Yeah, because yeah. you're coaching each other on. Yeah, and, and and it's two up. You you play it. You're on the play field at the same time. Yeah, no Star Castle. It's it, it's turn based. Okay. Yeah, but it's fun to watch. I love the fact that the way that it draws the screen and it, you know it leaves. The, the I love vectors, the sounds. The sounds are good, and the vectors leave a shadow. They leave a trail mm-hmm. as you move around. And the game it gives it a very a very fulfilling sense of motion while you're playing that game. It's 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 solid. Very it, simple, but solid. They they feel more fluid to me than even like an asteroid. Oh, it's way more and fluid than, than, a, than an Atari, and I don't understand why. If you I mean if you play Star Castle and then you walk right over and play Tempest. They, they're both vector games, and they feel completely different from each other. Yep. The Atari vectors feel, and I know, I know, I'm going to get heat for saying this. They're beautiful, but they feel choppy. Okay, they have a a, a certain rat, ratchet ratchetness to it, almost mm-hmm. like a I socket can, wrench. Okay, when, if you were to set they're, one they're next a to a little jerky, all if right? you set one next to a Cinematronics, uh huh. It, it, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yep. In in something like Star Castle or Armor Attack or Ripoff, I've watched it be mm-hmm. played as well. It's just like glass. Butter smooth. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And I, I, I don't... I, I don't even know. I don't won't even pretend because I've not spent any time studying the differences between those two vector systems or anything like that. All I can say is, from you know layman's terms, just you know from the outside looking in, 
there's a big difference in the way mm-hmm. they in the way they play. Yeah, I like to have an armor attack. Armor attacks, it's it's a fun game too. It's uh, neat. A boy can dream. A boy can dream. That's right. So yeah, uh, that is coming. New pinball on its way. Well, it's neat. Sweet. All right, uh, and then the next thing, Whitney, check out uh, the, the the tempest over there. Oh really? Go ahead and open that sucker up. Now do that, and the, my dog's gonna oh, start yeah, going that, eight. Yeah, that's true. We we don't want that to happen. Check that. Check so, that so out. So hang on. Open that up. You having trouble? It needs a key. Yeah. Well, I always turn it the wrong way. So, see, right, so see, what's it, what's th- there's there's not a darn thing in there. I'm screwing with you. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Dude, look, look. All right, over. I'm just gonna lock this and walk away. <laughs> look, look, this is the real one. Yeah. Look, slid in between centipede and gorf. There should be something real thin slid in there between centipede and gorf. Oh, that there is. That there is. Yeah. Go ahead. I ain't, I'm not screwing with you this time. Can you get? Never mind the wrap. Never mind the wrapping. Oh, unless nice. you just want to describe that to people. Oh, I just, well, you, let's just say that. Let's just say I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, I can understand that. It is. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome because it's half Star Wars wrapping paper and half uh, My Little Pony or Barbie wrapping. No, paper actually, read what, what that is. says. It says baby. <laughs> yeah, it does say baby. Doesn't it? it does say baby, doesn't it? There's a story behind that. You should take a picture of that before you open it. Yes, I think I think I shall. I so think I shall. It, in a rush once for one of my um, one of my cousin. Yeah, I, what would my cousin's daughter be? Would that be my second cousin? Your cousin's daughter? Yeah, would that be a second cousin? Mm-hmm. So yeah. my second cousin was having a birthday. You know, she was maybe I can't recall how. This was a couple years ago. She might have been turning five. And all I saw was pink flowery wrapping paper with B something on it. I thought it said birthday. Paid no attention to it. Bought it. Wrapped it. Took it. They asked me about it when when I got to the party. It turned out it was for it was baby shower wrapping paper. And it said baby. <laughs> oh, this is solid though. So that's been that's been kind of a little family joke. For, I said she's a baby. She's little. Yeah, that that is true. They did. They that didn't. is true. They didn't buy it. Oh well, that's okay though, man. That's all right. So that's for you. Go ahead and open that. Oh up. my! Oh my goodness! Well, as we were talking uh, before we started firing up the uh, firing up the the uh, microphones, I systematically walked out and forgot the present that I was supposed to bring for you. So Last I, I, month. You yeah. Said- I, so two months in a row, I've forgotten to bring it, and I tell and I was telling Brent, I'm like, well, dude, just think about it this way: it, it, it it'll be a late Christmas present, and the suspense should kill you. Is what it should do. So. I mean, I I'm building the suspense is building on this thing. I keep hearing <laughs> about something, but I don't know yes. what it is. Yeah, it's like this thing does not exist. Whitney has told me about this thing that does not exist. All right, so I am I am unwrapping this and let's see it feels like a uh, a picture frame poster uh something something along those lines i've purposely not flipped it over yet and it's oh nice that my man is pretty daggone sweet it, and it thank you sir it, it's it's really cool in its simplicity. So it, describe. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? It, oh, it, totally, totally. It's very minimalist, yes. and, and because it's minimalist, it has like really good appeal to it. So what this is, this is a, uh, it, it's a, it's a picture frame with a, with a very nice mat. It's got a mat surrounding on on the picture itself, and it's it's oriented horizontally. But what it is is the four Pac-Man ghosts. Okay, so Clyde Inc. Pinky, Pinky, and Blinky, and then they're chasing Pac-Man, and that's all it is. 
It's and it's all set against a white background, so the ghosts are all the ghosts and Pac-Man are colors, so they pop right mm-hmm. off the back of the picture, yep. and it it is. It just says Clyde Inky Pinky Blinky Pac-Man. Done. That's it. Thank you. Right to the point. You're so Thank very you, welcome, sir. sir. That that is awesome. So I'm now, taking a picture of that. I want to tweet this live. How about that? <laughs> Do that. Yeah, that and is. So you won't be surprised. Um, I like that so much that I actually bought myself one as well. As you sh- as you should have. And yes. what I think I'm going to do, I haven't decided. What I think I'm going to do, because the colors down here in, in the game room are so kind of off the wall, no pun intended, I haven't decided if I'm going to leave the frame as it is or if I'm going to pull the frame and paint it maybe something that'll that'll fluoresce under the black lights and you hit the nail on the head why i'm why i can't decide because the 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 as minimalist as it is that's what i'm trying to say the the dark black frame and the white mat and the white background it makes the ghosts and pac-man just pop perfectly oh it does and And i I almost don't want to take away from that well i mean it's to the point to where if you were to look at this hanging on the wall it would catch your eyes and you'd walk over to take to take a a more detailed look at it because it's so much color against the white yet it's like hardly but but it's like such little color overall yeah yeah i think you talked me into it i'm gonna leave mine unpainted there there you go that would be or leave it the the color it is black totally yes so Whitney, that finishes up my updates. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I tell you what, man, that is a that's awesome, dude. I I will say this, um, it, good updates, and and you definitely had a great party. Um, I mean, Jackie and Grace and I talked about. Well, Grace fell asleep by the time we got home, but <laughs> but well, she started talking off about it. She said she had a great time, and we did. We we talked. Uh, Jackie and I talked about that for probably a good ten minutes on the way home. Is just you know we were just real happy that you had so many people show up because it, it I mean the, you know house, what it cost the me? house was full you know what it cost me by the time I tallied up what I paid all those folks to show up <laughs> seven dollars thirty two cents my gosh it was yeah. terrible yeah I'm sure it was these I, are my friends cutting checks all night long but man no thank you that's that's awesome I mean that that is a that is a great 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 item and uh, I just yeah I just love. I just love how simple that is. But, uh, dude, I will say this. I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk updates, I don't really know that mine uh, hold a candle to yours. To well, be quite I stretched, honest with you. Okay, I stretched mine out. Oh, did no. you? Okay, no. fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I talk a lot, Whitney. Well, I I do too. And that's and uh, half of its own. Well, and half of mine is you know. So I've been told that's my downfall. But uh, I've been told that Whitney has, oh, a lot, no. Whitney has a lot of words. You know, so, <laughs> so, I, I, I've, been so told that, I've been told that before so many words so many words <laughs> you know so but anyway it's uh it, it's it's just hey man it's just one of those things you know you know something um color dmd got money out of me this last month oh and it extortion it, it, well yes when they announce uh when they announce a title that i that i do not have a color dmd for i i do get extorted for for that uh for that 399 dollars and and it hurts but it looks so good when it's in the machine. But 
I don't know if uh, folks might remember, but uh, Color DMD did release a color ROM for uh, Star Trek a couple of months back, and um, I went ahead and uh, got in touch with Randy Perlow over at Color DMD and said, you know, hey Randy, um, know you guys have got Star Trek out. I want to pick one up. So uh, he hooked me up with uh, an LCD display, and you know, Brent, what is and for everybody out there who may have Color DMDs in their pinball machines. I, I have uh, I, I've told I've been told via discussion with Randy that they're only about a year away from winding down the LCD production of their color DMD displays, and they're going to be switching by and large, if not completely, to LED at some point in the future. So okay, so I'm not 100 percent up on my and, and I'm watching the video right now of the of uh, Star Trek. Okay, yeah, so. They're all LCDs, right? Well, they started out offering only LCD. And then maybe a year to a year and a half ago, they started offering LED displays as well as LCD displays. So you could pick you could pick which type of display did you want to put inside okay. your machine. So I said LCD, right? Yes. So then, like I'm watching this and I've seen color DMDs, and, and I admit I've not studied them. Most all of what you've seen are probably LCD because Cor- because they've uh, sold LCD for years. So uh, they're they're in the animation, or uh, they're 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 at, they're pixelized. They're pixelating it basically. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, yeah. Right. The, the the LCD displays support one of several color uh, one of several display modes you can do what are called dots which are just where it do, just does a one-for-one dot drawing of of what the normal um dmd would look like you can do dot xl where it, it gives it like twice the resolution with twice as many dots but still the same animation frames which actually looks really good um and then you you can do some more modern uh animated type of uh animated type of displays and i, I know there's there's if you if you go to one of any shows, you'll probably see some color DMDs that where the uh, where the display looks very fluid and like highly animated, where it doesn't look like dots at all. And what they do is they take the frame and then they they interpolate it and, and then render it as what appears to be a drawing rather than dots. Okay, it, you know, and it looks it looks really really good. It doesn't look natural, but it does look really good. I don't run any of mine that way. So but, I'm actually looking at a video now that uh, it's the LED version. And gotcha. Uh, I'd say I'd like it better. Would it you just, really? I don't know, man. Um, here's the thing. Since I started with the LCDs, I wanted to stay with the LCDs mm-hmm. through through all my machines. Well, you, okay? are, you you probably can't get into that like that upscaling type thing you were talking about. It doesn't do you, the LEDs because, don't do upscaling right, because you've it's got, a fixed grid. Right, you've got a fixed grid. That's exactly, exactly right. right yes. But it seems, of course, this is YouTube and all this fun. Uh-huh. It it just seems to pop more. You think so? Yeah. Okay, and that may be the case. And uh, I'd like to see them in person. Yeah, and on colored and on the color DMD website, they do talk about the differences, the visual differences uh, from an acuity standpoint. It's another twenty dollar word mm-hmm. uh, from an acuity standpoint as to what the differences are, and they do make note that. Uh, yes, there's uh, the the colors probably have a bit more brightness to them, but I I just feel that the um, that the LCDs 
maybe it's because that's what I've started with and that's what I'm used to seeing and that that's what gives me that visual satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would I don't know that I would initially want uh, an LED. I, I don't know. I would probably need to see it. Uh, maybe by the time or if Ghostbusters ever does get colorized, I, I'll have to go that route. But anyway, I, I guess the the whole thing for bringing the whole reason for bringing this up is that you know if you're like me and you've got a couple of them, a few of two or three of them, and and you've bought them as LCD historically, I wanted to be able to swap them around and move them around if I had to do you know troubleshooting because the controller boards are all the same and everything like that. Uh, but there's the LCD displays are not going to be around forever. So Randy, Randy told me that they've got about a year's worth of um, of inventory and and production time left, and then the LCDs are are gone. So I would guess. That's, so I thought that interesting. I, I don't know what their tool chain looks like for development. Yeah. So that makes me wonder, like after the LCDs go away, mm-hmm. and as they continue to come out with games, can you still load those to LCD? displays or will that they only be led compatible you mean the roms the roms yeah Yeah. that's a good question and that's one of those things where yeah very good question you have to wonder it's like will they keep the will they do the dual rom development or anything like that for the for the different displays going forward i I would perchance it to say probably not but it, it seems it seems to be kind of a, a bum deal if you if you have bought I I have not done this but if you have bought a display or two and you're holding on to it anticipating a, a color ROM to come out because sometimes color DMD they, sometimes they run out of stock and they may not have displays for three weeks well, or right, four weeks right or now, whatever I'm looking at their site yeah LCD displays are sold out new LCD displays are in production now and expected mid-December okay there you so go that's kind of where we're at now yeah but I don't know how long that banner's been up well it's a good question I mean I don't check their site very often anymore uh, for right or wrong so it, so it, it sounds like you know it sounds like we've got um, we, we've got an end uh, you know kind of an end of the I said you know gosh I, I, I do not like that we have got an end I, of I just give up on, on it, it Whitney yeah and, you know it's is there look what i just i just did it yes yeah i know it's tough isn't it whenever i'm editing the show yes i could look at the waveform and see everywhere i i say um Uh, yep and And, yeah i don't want to cut it out but you know it's pointless to do it it's it's the way it happened it's my speech it's i'm trying to work on it and get better as we go as am i and at the end of the day let's just be honest it's difficult to go through it, it, it is I mean, and time do, consuming we as do well some shows buddy yes i know <laughs> anyway. i know that, that we do but regardless i'm not i'm not one of those people who have who have bought displays in advance and and are holding on to them so i don't really have a dog in that in that fight when it comes to lcd versus led and and rom availability in the future uh but all that being said uh, I don't know what the answer to that question is. I hope that Ghostbusters gets colored within the next year so that I could buy an LCD display for Ghostbusters, and then I would have LCDs in my games where I have colored DMD. So I think I would like to see both. Yeah. And I, I don't have – I have none at this point. I would probably just – no, you know, no. Having seen LEDs and LCDs, and of course, it all depends on the quality of either this. And I'm I'm speaking in general terms, not uh-huh. not anything to do with color DMD. I think 
giving given a good quality lead panel mm-hmm. I think I would rather go with the lead because I think it would be a little sharper a yeah. little brighter and a little bit more true to what it's replacing this this dot matrix display yeah that, that's honest. yeah that's fair enough because on the LCD they're drawing the dots mm-hmm. uh, they, they're it's not where the dots are already predefined and they're just lighting them up so they're drawing the dots and you do have to depend upon that being inaccurate you know, inaccurate rendition of the dot but anyway like i said i don't know what the tool chain looks like i hope they're not doing like double builds but i i would hope that maybe when they started doing lcd or even when they did leds or crud excuse me i got it backwards when they started doing lcds they were able to retain that mapping yeah that that ordinal location of each dot it, it looks that way because they do not use all of the lcd display because when you put it in your machine... It's bigger than the, it, the pocket. The LCD display is bigger than the DMD display that it replaces. And when... Um, it, it, I've done this. I mean, I've ran my, my color DMD out of the machine before I put it in the machine just to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it does mask off and only use the the exact same amount of space as the original DMD uses. So I feel that they've done the engineering to make sure that it is true. But all that being said, it's still a drawn dot rather than a lit dot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ideally, if they can get LEDs with the same uh, rows and column count, mm-hmm. same row and column count, yeah. then it's a direct pour. You, you, you know, would, I, I'm speaking think. completely out of my ear. Yeah. But, yeah. Know, yeah. You, you would think. It looks like for those that, that were wondering, the LCD displays run 399 mm-hmm. and the LEDs are a little cheaper at 369 yes yeah so yeah so i I don't know i mean i'm waiting for ghostbusters and maybe it's like waiting for godot (laughs) i mean we we don't know if we'll ever get ghostbusters or not i hope we do but uh if we don't then uh it just it just is what it is and maybe if we get it three years from now my hand will already be played and and i'll have to get an led but i don't feel like i'm going to buy an lcd and just hold it in reserve and then the rom come out and only be for an led panel that that would be the worst situation in the world right there so well i'll tell you this i already see things on the led side that's not on the lcd side as far as uh, it's like right top row here is the sigma which i think oh, is just a blank panel that you uh-huh. can drop in any game that's, and it'll just that's true. without their programming yeah that's true so it's the sigma acdc adams rocky and bowwinkle that's on the lead side uh-huh. on the lcd side um there's no rocky and bowwinkle and it goes and it pulls apollo 13 up from what's row two on the LED oh interesting side. well so then that tells you that their future that likely all future development is going to be on the led side so there's at least just uh, from the hip there looks mm-hmm. to be some differences already in the support in, in, side to side. Interesting. All right. Well, I, I mean, and ultimately, does the, does does supporting both types of display make financial sense? No, it doesn't. So, I mean, I can't blame Color DMD for for making the switch. I mean, it's it's a logical thing to do, mm-hmm. but uh, I still, I guess, we'll just have to wait and see how how it actually comes out. So, I don't know, man. Uh, would you think about getting one if they did color Ghostbusters? Yeah, I consider it. Yeah, yeah, it does make a big difference on the game. I will say this. There's I will a, say this. I don't, I don't know if I would do an older game, uh-huh. an older DMD, but there, there's enough that goes, depending on the code, yeah, that goes into a new game to make it 
worthwhile to switch from this you know the stocks turn red like in the case of ghostbusters yeah yeah definitely it's just that when you see color uh, a color dmd and then then i walk over to the ghostbusters it, the the DMD and Ghostbusters just looks out of place. It it doesn't mm-hmm. it, it doesn't match the the rest of the game because it's the rest of the game is so detailed from a color and an art perspective, and then the DMD just looks kind of it just looks kind of bland by comparison. So that's I, I'm a completionist, and so that's the reason why I, I do like the color DMDs because they they do they do add a lot. Spending my money. Spending money, man. Cut one color DMD at a time. I'm just like just like pulling it right off the stack. Just like, <laughs> like I'm dealing cards. Flip, flipping, flipping those Benjis left just and right. Mate, just like I'm dealing cards. Exactly. So uh, the, the next thing that I do want to, color, I guess, kind of cover off on is the Skyskipper kit progress. And uh, Alex and I have talked through this, and uh, we've made a post up on the skyskipperproject.com website that details how we're going to do the kit. Okay, and Brent, I don't know if you've if you've seen that or read that or anything like I that. I have not. Okay, fair Sorry. enough. Fair enough. No, no, it's all good. Uh, it, I mean, we we are appealing to a very small audience, so I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect everybody to have just gone out and read that automatically, not not by any stretch. But uh, I'll I will summarize. So what we have uh, what we have jointly decided to do is uh, through some uh, through some count through some good counsel from our contacts at Nintendo, we have decided to keep the kit offering very small. Uh, will not be offered to the general public, and to honor the uh, the twelve upright cabinets that landed in the u.s we're just going to do 12 uh 12 editions of the kit or 12 copies of the kit and uh we're going to offer those up to um valid and verified uh tnx coded board owners and we're going to help those uh those lucky 12 people that get to us first which as of the recording of this podcast i will say all 12 of those slots have been accounted for already and so uh we're we're going to do the 12 and then uh we're done man that's that's how we're going to do it so we've got it uh got it to the point where it has a little bit of symbolism to it uh we're trying to honor and respect uh nintendo and all of this and um i I think i think we're sitting in a good spot and that's that's our plans so full details are up on the skyskipperproject.com website Uh, i know some people are probably going to be very um very dissatisfied with that news and probably maybe even somewhat mad uh, with with hearing that or hearing that they just won't be able to go order their own skyskipper artwork and everything like that but um at me at the end of the day your your hand is not on the wheel of the bus that's exactly right and uh number one we have to remember it's not our artwork Mm -hmm. it's not our artwork to give okay it's not our artwork to sell um and it's it's uh something that nintendo still maintains a copyright on and uh they're we're doing this uh we're doing this under uh under auspices with them so i that's probably the best way for me to say it and uh and they 
they've been very gracious to us to even allow us to do this. So that's what we're doing, man. So that's it. So we're, we're going to run 12 copies to honor the 12 games. And uh, when, when that's done, we're done. So uh, again, skyskipperproject.com. Uh, you can read the full blog post there. And uh, you know, what happens after that, I'm not really sure. And we're probably at a point to where we uh, where we fill out some more documentation on the game and uh, and then hopefully help some other folks get their boards. You know, if any more TNX boards get uh, pop up, well, hopefully we can help them at some point in the future get those deconverted But uh, from Popeye back to Skyskipper. But as far as kit and art and all that stuff goes, uh, we're doing 12, and, and that's what we're doing, man, and that's it. So that is that when it comes to uh, when it comes to skyskipper the next thing brent that uh, and i'll be i'll be working on that in the months ahead mm-hmm. i mean we're that's that's an under that that seems to be a bit of a constant undercurrent uh in my life right now as far as as far as working on skyskipper but uh we've got to be able to draw it to a close and and also uh you know help help a few other folks out and so that's that's kind of how how we've how we've taken to do that um now, one thing, Brent, that I have uh, kind of dug back out, and I've talked about this in a couple prior episodes, is I have also, uh, in the past month, been working on my Data IO 29B, okay? Because so, and this is actually timely. In the next segment, yeah, it, it, I'd like to have a little tech segment and dive in a little bit and talk about... One of my favorite subjects... EEPROM burners. Burning, burning ROMs. So, yeah, yes, burning this, ROMs. This actually uh, is very timely. Yes, right and, yeah, and I've got a couple bullet points on the on the ROM burner talk that I, that I wanted to uh, toss in, you know, make sure a couple cents are tossed in there as well. But uh, what, I've, what I've done, Brent, is I've gone through and uh, dug out my data, I, my 29B, um, gotten all my software and everything like that sorted out. You know, the, the, the I said, you know, again, the, the PC software, <laughs> everything like that and i've i've done a catalog of the um of the gang pack and unipack adapters that i've got and uh pretty much got everything documented uh, as far as version numbers on the equipment that i've got uh and have been doing a bit of research on what can be upgraded what needs to be upgraded and what should be upgraded in order to do what i need to do but uh a, a fair amount of the work on the skyskipper kit is going to have to be done uh via using the data the data io because i'm going to have to burn proms for part of for part of the conversion oh, boards okay okay so i have to get this working in order for us to do uh, a part of the sky part of the, the whole skyskipper kit now one thing that i did not uh, immediately uh know to uh, to 100 percent definite to make it 100 percent definite was um the cable that goes between the data io and your computer is a custom cable it's not oh, a, it, it, it is i thought it was just a parallel port cable no 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 no. it's actually a serial cable oh is it, it a i'm it, trying to remember what's on the back of, is it a db25 serial or is uh-huh, it it is oh. yes it is and which i never understood because you can do serial on nine pins that's exactly right but it is not null it's not a null modem cable and it's not a straight through rs-232 
pinned cable either, just like a serial cable that you find on on an old computer. Uh, It actually has its own custom pinout. And so I've ordered everything uh, and have received it in that I need to use to build my custom cable. I do have the pinout for that. And I probably, uh, you know something, uh, let me make a note of that. I'll put the pinout in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I need to go back because I was going to ask you if you somewhere have found a book, a tech doc from Data.io, anything that says, uh, or, or even sales literature, this module is for this. This module is for that. No, the only because thing, the only thing I, gotta, I found is what's in the Yahoo groups that, that I've gone through. And, and I've not pulled the discussions off the Yahoo groups. I've only pulled the software. So, uh, yeah. See, I've got a selection of, and one day we'll have to do that, or at least I'll look at it and then maybe send you pictures or something. Okay. I've got a slew of modules, and I've got two, two data IO Decks. What's what's the model that everyone? It's the twenty nine B. Twenty nine B. I've yeah, got two twenty nine Bs, and I've got two twenty nine Bs as well. It's odd how you would wind up with more than yeah. one. Well, but I, yes. When I bought these years ago, one was in, one was working, self tested, and everything. Uh-huh. And the other had some issues, so it was okay. basically a parts or for me to repair. I think it's missing a key off the keyboard too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something tells me that if I got into it, that it wouldn't be that difficult to fix, yeah. it, you know, nonetheless, but I got a slew of the modules and I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get you. And, and the fact of the fact of the matter is, is that because this information is not really readily available and it's so old to begin with, it's actually a bit of a challenge to go back and start and research these things after the fact. I mean, well, which is strange because that data, oh, that, that whole series was very popular. Very, for what it does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I just I just don't really find a lot of information about it. But but all that being said, uh, I am, I'm actively logging some hours working on my data I.O. And another... Um Another piece of equipment that I have had in a box for quite a long time uh, that I did get out this month and dusted off, ran through the self-test, and uh, just cleaned it up because I am anticipating needing it for some additional work as well is uh, my Fluke 9010A. And I picked one of these up, Brent, a long time ago. And by a long time ago, I went and looked up the eBay auction as to when I bought it and how much I paid for it. And... uh, it's actually it's actually kind of criminal now today <laughs> for what I paid for it then versus how long it's set in a box versus what they cost today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my 9010A it powers up it does self test just fine it, it's it's not missing any keys uh, I clean you know I, I shot it with some um, so sim- you gotta tell simple green you and, gotta tell everybody what the 9010A is and, yeah, and okay fair I'm, fair enough I am um, okay fine I'm insanely jealous okay go ahead fair enough so because uh, I want one well you would probably hate me when I told you what I paid for oh, well, it. well if it, you've had it for a long time I could imagine it was, yeah, yeah yeah exactly so. Um, none, nonetheless, is one of those things that I wanted on an eBay auction. I was the only guy that bid on it, you know. And it's just, it's just and like how long was it in a box? Uh, it's been sitting in a box for easily five years. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah. That that was before everything kind of ramped up with it. So it, anyway, it, it really tell was. everybody what it is. So the Fluke ninety ten A. So it is a. I, I hesitate to call it universal, but it is a widely adaptable 
microprocessor testing system and diagnostic system. And what you'll see is in the arcade scene is um, a lot of the board repair, the people that are very adept or do board adept at or do board repair for hire will use the 9010A because uh, it has what are called swappable pods that can interface with the processors on our com the common processors on our arcade boards like the Z80, uh, the Motorola 6502, the 6800, things like that. And essentially, you plug this pod, and it's you plug the pod and the cable into. Um, the into, base unit, into the, the base unit, and then the cable, and then the processor adapter over into your arcade board, and then literally the 9010A can run your arcade board through a battery of self tests, and you can uh, you can literally um, use the the 9010A as as a processor exerciser, so to speak, and you can test RAM, you can uh, test data bus, you can test uh, run run through all this entire litany of tests. And from what I have seen of it and understand that I have not used one of these yet because I just got it out of the box and um, I do need pods. So if anybody out there in listenership land has got a Z80 pod, they would, they would, they would you know, consider selling. I would I'm, be interested in I'm talking looking to at you one about on eBay it. right now and you don't want it. No, I don't because it's probably over a thousand dollars. Is it close? The buy it now is $8.99. Oh, so you, ah. you you plug this you plug the pod in then you plug the ribbon from the pod into the processor socket mm-hmm. and you can you can walk the RAM you can you can, you can check do, the data you bus can do you so can, much yeah. with it and it it's it is literally um, it's literally like the Cadillac of board testers is what it is. All that being said, my 9010A uh, without a pod is is kind of is kind of <laughs> it's kind of just sitting in a box. It's like having a car without a steering wheel. It's like a car without a steering wheel. Yes, but uh, considering what I paid for it, I knew I was buying it without pods, and I knew that it was one of those things that it's like okay, if I ever want to be able to use this at some point, I've got to have it. So, um, hey man, if we ever, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I, Brent, if you can find pods for it, we'll, I, I'm happy to bring it over here and let you use it if you need to use it because it's or you come over to the house and get it and use it because it does no good sitting in a box and that's exactly where it is right now. And I have no, I mean, man, I have like no no emotional attachment to it. I just, man, dude, I just landed one bid and got it. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how it went. So I just got lucky. And you know the old saying, better lucky than good. So that's that's how it goes. But anyway, um, yeah, if anybody knows where Z80 Pod for the 9010 series uh, would be at, I would be very interested in talking to you about that. So th- so there's the 9010A. And uh, Brent, this is something we talked a little bit about before, before we started I'm recording. Looking for, I'm looking for Z80 Pods. Okay, thank you. Thank you. If you find one, if you find one let me know yeah the only ones i'm finding are getting more expensive <laughs> yeah yeah and i've 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 done my fair share of scouring at this point as well i've been doing r- some research on ram testers and I, you know something i posted this question to our uh what i would consider our local friends on our our hacks facebook group okay uh again a plug for these guys a great group of guys and got a, a very uh, a very lively discussion fired up around uh, around ram testing equipment and it seems that the favored 
piece of equipment for doing RAM testing is what's called the NeoLock Inquisitor. And I'll have a link to this in the show notes. And that sounds like a character in the new Star Wars it, movie, it, doesn't it? Though, well, you're thinking about Eric Bana, who played Neo in the 2009 Star Trek movie. But yes, it, maybe the Neo Lock Inquisitor is. That sounds like a ship. Yeah, it, 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 the Inquisitor sounds like a ship. It's Neo Lock ship called the Inquisitor. <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, I've been looking at the Neo Lock kit because I, I have. Um, I have a need on a couple of boards right now that I know that uh, I could shotgun RAM, do shotgun, do a lot of RAM replacement. But you know something, man? Some of the RAM's kind of expensive, Brent. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask myself if I shotgun two boards, couldn't I have just paid for the Neo Lock and only replaced the faulty RAM? Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those scenarios. So it's like maybe I should just go ahead and buy the, buy the Neo Lock and then outside of shotgunning two boards, I actually have something I can keep, you know? So I don't know. You said you were looking at this. So I mean, what's your take on it? So I've looked at it from a pinball perspective. Okay. It seems as if I've had in my recent travel, it was just this year, a lot of trouble that I've had has it's been with PIA's peripheral interface adapters. Well, they Neolock has a blade for they testing do. PIA's. So, yes. so the this little board, it looks, looks like a zip socket on it. I think that's just for straight up, you know, some some support that it has. Oh no no the the blades program it. So it's got an LCD display, a zip socket, uh-huh. and then little like it's like an ID card adapter. Edge, yeah, connector. Yeah. yeah. And then the blade plugs into it and basically sets it up as if I remember correctly. So you've got a, a certain RAM blades and you've got a PIA blade for peripheral peripheral interface adapter testing. Uh-huh. And what what I'm what I'm was thinking about was one the PIAs. All right. Yeah, on the systems like the all the William stuff that uses them on the Data East stuff, there's Leon's test ROM, uh-huh. and it's awesome. But it's probably a pain in the butt. It is because you've yeah. got to get you. You can <laughs> no, do it. No offense, no, but it, it probably oh, is. it serves a wonderful purpose. Uh, it, it, it has, there's no doubt it about it. Has saved me a lot of time. It uh-huh. has found a lot of issues for me. Yeah, but you've got to if you put it in the game. Then, then you're sitting there, you know, vertically leaning over the play field with a logic probe, checking all the pins. You know, if you're using the game to power the board, uh-huh. or you got to take the board out, set it on the bench, and then I've got a rig set up where I can get a switching power supply, and I got to lay that all out and plug it in, and then it. So it's six to one, half dozen to the other in terms of time and the like yeah. but if if i've got something that's suspect and it's socketed which i find a lot of times is uh-huh. uh i can just pop it out and stick it in this and test it yeah i know and yeah. then the flip side of that is is I, i've had a couple williams games where bingo and that's exactly that's exactly one of the well, games that i that i would need this for would you yeah. I, i've had my robotron actually I've well i've had a couple williams pinball games okay where I've had sound issues with it, uh-huh. and it's a and this isn't this it's a side effect I guess of maybe how Leon had to code it, and in some of the games the lack of an ability to like trigger like a test button where you kind of got to get into this weird you know hold your tongue just the right way and then jump this wire and ground this pin. And then the the test ROM will trigger the the test, and then you know, but you got to have a speaker hooked up mm-hmm. and all this. Yeah, and it's really hard to set up on a bench. Yeah, 
I could zip it out with the desoldering with a with one of my hackos, pop yeah. the, ra- the ram out, stick it in this in thirty seconds, and just be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was looking at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I am. I'm giving it some strong consideration. I haven't pulled the plug on it or anything like that yet. Or I'm sorry, pulled the trigger on it or, or anything like that yet. But I, I have looked through a few potential options. And I see why this is the favored option mm-hmm. at this point in time. Yep. It, it looks like it's got a lot of legs to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, you know, was, was, they've got some bundles here, and it's, let's see here. You're going to, I mean, you're, you're going to be in about 180 bucks. Yeah. And there's, uh, and there's no way to not, because it, it, here's the thing. You can you can get it disassembled, uh, or you can buy the individual blades themselves and in addition to the main inquisitor which is the kind of the like the head unit that has the ziff socket and the lcd display you know the the output display and everything like that or you can just buy the bundle with all the blades and everything assembled mm-hmm. and it's just ready to go yep <laughs> and and you and it's not like what is it like a thirty dollar difference and it's like that's not worth thirty dollars of my time I, I know how to solder i don't really want to spend thirty dollars a time soldering all this together uh, I could be fixing something, so boom. Yeah, so the, there the, it is. The super bundle is the 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 main board, the SRAM blade, which you, which, which you got to have, which is a stack of RAMs. You know, I, 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 there's all kinds of stuff in here that I just see scattered all across umpteen arcade games, and you know the pinball RAMs that that I'd be in was interested in for the earlier conversation the pia blade and then the blade specific to test 41 uh 16 which yeah. is what you get in the tons of williams tons games. of williams games and, and tito tito tato is that in there yeah i say 41 16s are used in a few other they, places they, as they well are. but but most of the time you see people in the know swapping them for 41 64s yep uh, but at the same point, convert them to single voltage and convert them. Yeah. yeah. Convert them to a single voltage and then, and then rolling on with it. Cause they run cooler and they don't, you know, they, they only need one voltage, one voltage instead of two. All that being said, you would still like to know what you're working with. At mm-hmm. least I do, you know, I, well, I've got a ton of 41 16s and my, my defender, that's the only Williams I've got down here now. It's not a 41 16s in it, but so I it's had, running the original yeah. Rams. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I've changed them, but well, it would be helpful. The, the the same style range. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. It'd be it, you know. Honestly, at the point of if you're at the point of buying the kit, it's like you said, it's it's a couple bucks more just to go ahead and just get it. <laughs> See, because it's it. there's enough of it used everywhere. Everywhere. That's that's it, dude. So anyway, I'm I think I've about talked myself into it. Um, not like I oh, need, yeah, here, not like I needed a lot. Th- here, yeah. Here's just a little bit off arcadechips.com. They sell they sell parts. So it's you know, uh, Robotron, Joust, Bubble, Sinistar, Defender, Stargate, da, 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 you know, Zookeeper, Kicks, Space Dungeon, Missile Command, uh, Berserk. I forgot that Berserk Frenzy, etc. And it all just those goes, use forty one sixteen. Yeah, I, I'm so sure I know there's there, more. There you go. So you yeah. got to have it. I mean, buying it without it, yeah. it, it would be pointless it, for the work that we're doing. So there, there you are. The, yeah, the, Neo, the Neo Lock Inquisitor. So we'll, we'll have a link uh, to the show notes. The full kit, the super bundle with all the blades um, uh, and the boat a, a, and the trip to um, um, 
Yeah, the, you, I was gonna. I was going. You mean the timeshare? Yeah. You, oh yeah. You get yeah. Your section I was of the going share. full prices right, and then I froze up with. Yeah, I couldn't think of. Right. I couldn't right. think of anything fun. <laughs> Everything. I was going like Nicaragua. <laughs> Literally, I was going all these places that the that you kind of probably don't want to go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's just put that aside for a moment. Forget I never said it. Uh, yeah, the full thing is 184 So I mean, I, it's spendy, but man, it, it's spendy, but man, is it is has it got legs? Yeah, and it that's does. the thing. Now the assembled kit is 184. The kit, which means you just get a bag of parts, uh, is 134.90. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth fifty dollars? Is it worth $50 to not have to spend three hours or four hours or whatever it is assembling that thing? Yeah, it looks like all the blades are kit form as well. So that yep. would be that'd be kind of quite a bit. I mean, ultimately, you're going you're, you're gonna to get three blades. That's what you, that's what you want. You want the, the, the static ram blade, the PIA blade, and then the 4116 dram blade. They've got a 9600 dram blade, and I, for the life of me, I don't, off the top of my head, I do not know what I would use that for uh, game-wise at this point. Uh, just haven't run across those drams, but uh, the Super Bundle doesn't come with the 9600 anyway. Um, it, it comes with those those three blades, a, uh, a, a wall ward, you know, a power supply. There I said, you know, again, a power supply and um, everything you need. Done. I don't even know what I mean, is is that the 9600 DRAM? Is that some kind of like for a computer or like for like a desktop? computer i don't know I mean, like maybe like an old ibm xt or well, at or something those, like that those i don't used, know those used uh through hole ram i can't remember what the part number is but i remember years ago kicking myself because four or five years before i started the arcade hobby i had a, a stack of xt's and at's that was as tall as i i am and i i get i donated i gave it all away and, and all those parts were perfectly usable in this new hobby if the if if not even just being able to How use the whole it? computer yeah. to drive stuff like the data. Yeah, yeah, there you so, go. So uh, I don't know if that's some kind of mm, semi-modernish. I have no idea. Good question. I I would have to I'd have to do some research on it to see. But anyway, it, it, it's a blade you don't get, and right now it's a blade of dubious value. Mm-hmm. But the three you do get, you you need. So there it is, one hundred eighty-five bucks, uh, right then and there assembled. Uh, turnkey and done and uh you've got you've got a ram tester that should last you your entire time in the hobby it looks like it is some kind of dip package here's a electronic surplus advanced micro devices amd 9060 uh, dram 4k by one and it's 4k a, by one so it was it would be used in a lot of older it's a 20, older boards it's a 22 pin through hole uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's not ringing a bell in in our land. No, no, not not for the work that we do. But uh, anyway, there there is that. So Brent, that's my that's my updates for this month. I mean, it's it's been mostly centered around. Some and somehow how, you some managed to spend my money in this section too. Exactly. I, I'm telling you, dude. I'm good that way. I'm really good that way. I so hate you. I, I know, man. I know. It's it's uh, it's such a love I'm hate. Not, I can't even hide it. Hate. I can't even hide it anymore. I know. I know. It's it's like it permeates everywhere. It's like Whitney walks in the 20s, just you know, fly away, <laughs> Spr- sprout little wings, and fly away. You know, and do their deal. But uh, anyway, man, that's my month. All right. Well, Whitney, we alluded to a little EPROM programmer talk earlier in the segment. So how about we slide into that? 
Uh, yes. I think let's, that I think let's do that. that'll benefit everybody. Yes, let's do that. All right, Whitney, let's talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, a tool that has been on my workbench for forever. Probably one of the first, actually, I think it was the first relatively expensive tool that I purchased for this hobby, and that is an EEPROM programmer. Gotta love them, man. They're the Swiss army knife of the of the arcade hobby, for sure. This is true, Whitney. They do a lot of things for us arcaders, whether mm-hmm. pinball or video. It's really... I mean, you, you you have to have it or you need access to one at some point in time in your hobby career here. Yeah. If you're if you're going to try to fix even some of the more basic issues that will come up. Yeah. Or you're beholden to paying like hobby ROMs. And I'm not calling nothing that wrong it, with it. Oh, nothing, I've nothing actually used it. them in the past. Sure. Oh, yeah. And they provide a very valuable service, but it comes at a premium price. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to you have to weigh that out. I've, I've actually used hobby ROMs for a pinball ROM because I didn't have the blanks. Uh-huh. And at the time, it was six to one half dozen the other to try to find the ROM and get it to me yeah. versus just get a hold of it's Steph, right? And have yeah, Steph at Hobby Rom, yeah, and, and just have him program it and send it. That's exactly so, yeah, right. So the, the, their service is awesome. I have purchased I don't know how many games from people uh, out of you know one or two games in a basement in a you know little man cave or whatever, yeah. yep. and gotten I don't know how many tubes of ROMs because that the owner of that game has tried to do their own diagnostic and troubleshooting work. And falling back to, okay, well, I don't know if a ROM is bad, thinking if a ROM is bad, the software is bad, uh-huh. so there could be the root of a problem, and they've gone to Hobby ROMs or an equivalent and, and had the ROMs, you know, a new set of ROMs sent as a, as a step in troubleshooting, whereas if you yeah. had the tool or had access to the tool, you could have done it yourself. Bingo. That's a, that, that is very true. So long ago... You know, here's a little bit of a story, and I'll tell you where I landed, and and then we'll focus a little bit on on my EEPROM programmer of choice, and yeah. then throw in a few options here and there. Yeah, sounds good. So so long ago, I, I started doing you know kind of the homework, and, and I I was in that boat. Okay, I've got some things going on with a, this game or that game. Actually, the first game I fixed was a Nintendo versus game. I think it was a uh, wasn't a wasn't I think it was a Duck Hunt or maybe about Hogan's Alley. I remember being a gun game. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, okay, is is the software bad? You know, early in the hobby, really kind of looking for that low hanging fruit. Valid question. Um, even to this day, it was recently as within the past week or so, I've verified ROMs to make sure the software is good. So what do I do? So I started doing the research, and at the time, it was you don't have the options that you have today. Okay, and we'll talk a little bit about those options. But where I landed back then was with a programmer called the Pocket Programmer from a company by the name of Transtronics. At the time, they had a parallel port version. Okay, so the parallel port cable came out of the back of the programmer, went into the old school printer parallel port on your PC. Yeah, software fired up. It talked over the parallel port and it did its thing. 
Now, one of the things that was appealing to me about the Transtronics, it, for whatever reason, it was popular in the automotive crowd. So back in, in the day, you know, which at this point, you know, way technology advances, the day could have been six months ago. <laughs> but back then, the common thing to kind of uh, hot rod was your 80s vintage GM muscle cars, muscle of whatever was a muscle of the day, you know, two ton Trans Am or yeah, Camaro with exactly. an anemic 305 in it. Yeah, exactly. And it had the equivalent of i think it was a 2732 or oh, maybe it was a 2752 it was some, i don't i can't remember what he it was in it but you could pop you could pull the computer down out of the dash the pcm pop the chip out of it and there was a direct equivalent of a very common eprom can't remember what it was there was very rudimentary software that would give you this real basic kind of a graphical interface to go in and and mess with the fuel curve it and it was it was real basic compared to today like a two-dimensional it was like rows and columns like a spreadsheet at this at this rpm with this engine load here's the fuel and you could fill out your all your numbers and program it back to a chip so for whatever reason the transtronics was real popular in that crowd and i'm a 80s gm car kind of guy you know i mean we won't talk about the days with the mullet and the picture that you saw of me from high school but i was there so it appealed to me yeah so i felt that was another avenue for support and and the like you know another community yeah i found a a pocket programmer two which is parallel port version second generation on ebay picked it up and i used it forever until it finally gave up the ghost oh it did yeah it did so what I've got now is the current model. I've had it for a couple years at this point. It's USB based. It's the Pocket Programmer Three. So this thing is going to set you back. And this is a conversation kind of like it is a little spendy. It isn't is a, it? it is a little spendy. Yeah, it's going to set you back uh, about two hundred and seventy dollars. All right. There's pluses and minuses with that, and we'll get into the alternatives here in a minute. How. Let's just be honest. How I justify it to myself? Yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. I, <laughs> fair well, enough. I, I do that with color DMD, so try, <laughs> I can talk myself into most anything if I talk myself long enough. So yes, well, this I'll throw it out. This company's been around for quite a while. They do other things other than programmers, but that's one of their main lines of business. You can go out and look at their webpage and see the other products that they offer. I've had to interact with them a couple times, and they're good with support. It's it's, it's a flushed out product. Okay. And I've had nothing but good luck with it. And to boot, the interface is really simple. Okay. So when the when the pocket programmer I had, I bought it used. It, like I said, it gave up the ghost. I had good luck with it. I felt I got my money out of it. I went right back to them because I, I felt good about the product. Yeah. And the, the side benefit was, was I was already used to their interface and how they did things. Okay. 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 So what's the alternatives real quick before we get into what you, what I do with it and, and the like. Whitney, you th- chime in anytime here because I know you've got a selection of programmers as well. Yeah. I, I was I was really just going to wait until you got to them. But, okay. But yeah, for, sure enough. So there's the generic willem uh-huh. style programmers that you see all over ebay yeah okay so back in the day when i when i got the first pocket programmer this willem design was out there and i I won't pretend to be a, an expert on the history of it my impression is is that the willem design i don't know if the guy's name was willem or or, or what the 
what the deal was but it was more like an open source type of a deal and then that was picked up and then forked and modified by other yeah yeah like a reference design exactly yes so those were out there at the time and those were real spotty for our hobby because a lot of them at the time were advertised as usb it's all you need well, if you went to program some of the older 27 non-CE proms, I think they program in the uh, – I was hoping I could have the interface up here no, just pro- to refresh my memory. Probably in the 16 or 21 volt range or something right. like yeah. that. It, yeah, it's, it's well more than can be supplied by USB. Correct. So these things, you didn't kind of know what you were getting. Some – you could you could you know power with a with a wall wart for that supplemental power that could then deal with the older EPROMs. Some couldn't; uh-huh. they were USB only, and you couldn't pull enough current uh, from the USB port for any transformer on board or, or whatever you know step up to get you to a point to be able to program these older EPROMs. At the time, it was just as easy, just as inexpensive. It probably kind of is now. It's kind of a push, whether you go with a 27.512 or a 27C.512. C being CMOS-based, being lower power to both use and a program. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you were. it was kind of a pig and a poke. You didn't know what you were going to get. All right? That was another one of the reasons I kind of wanted to stay with kind of a known entity. I didn't want... I didn't want to take that money and spend it learning a lesson as to whose flavor of the Willem program <laughs> is, is right. Is right. Correct. It was stable yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. Very, very true. Speaking of the Willem stuff, and I think you have one of these, Whitney. I do. There's I a do. company called MCU Mall Electronics, mm-hmm. and they have a flavor of the Willem it, with with some gusto behind it, as as I understand it, MCU is a is a real air quotes company. It's uh-huh. not it's not just some seller on eBay that might be bringing these in in bulk from China, or that has decided to have a flavor of the Willem stuff and they're assembling. You know, MCU may be assembling in their garage. I don't know. Nonetheless, they've been around for a while. That they have, and they offer, as I understand, and Whitney, you can comment on this, a solid in my opinion, version of the Willem design. I I feel that it is the only real version you should consider if you're going to buy the Willem reference design. If that's what you're going to use, I think that the MCU mall uh, in the current model is the GQ4, 4X4. Um, There's just no no other... There's just no other version of the Willem design that is as supported and actively developed as as the MCU. That's the key there. Yes, it's supported and actively developed. And and that is and I said that for a reason because they 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 revise their software, they update their software, Mm -hmm. and they add supported uh, packages, supported DIP packages and IC packages with the new revisions of the software so what you bought in january as far as a capability standpoint has likely grown and received more support and more capability added on to it programmatically in december 
of that mm-hmm. same year. So they're, they're they're definitely good about that. Now, is it my favorite programmer? No, it's not. But will it do some will it do some devices that maybe some of the older programmers cannot? Oh, most certainly. And I think it's a great uh, it's a great tool to add to your repertoire, no doubt. So, so from a pricing perspective, here's here's how it runs. The the Transtronics, as I mentioned, runs about two seventy. Uh-huh. It's like two sixty nine, whatever, and some change. Your generic Willem eBay special, open PCB, non cased, five hundred variations. Yeah, maybe work, maybe not. They're thirty to forty bucks assembled. Okay, you tend to get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. The MCU Mall supported, developed Willem fork. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GQ4 series, they're at one hundred sixty-five dollars. That is correct. Yes. So that that, in my opinion, is a it's a pretty solid middle ground. It's a pretty solid middle ground yep. for for a programmer that actually has uh, that actually has a lot of versatility to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So then, on the other end of the spectrum of what I would call like hobbyist, maybe low end production type programmers. You're starting to get into the EE Tools Top Max line. I see, and that is pretty spendy too, man. You've got that listed as seven hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the Top Max Two is seven hundred bucks. Have you ever used one of those? Never have used one. Have you ever seen one of Not those? Not in person. Not in person. Okay. Nope. All right. Just nope. Cu- sort of like curious. Sasquatch. I've heard of it, but I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you know some some branches rustle. Uh, yeah. Well, I've never mean, seen. Him. He does walk through fields quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he lumber. Does, he lumbers. He lumbers with a gate. Yes, is what he, he does. does. Yes. So that's kind of that's kind of the range in in my mind's eye and the number of you know times I've looked into programmers. Yeah. You're. And again, it just goes up from there. If you're going to get into like production quality programmers, if there is even such a thing anymore for these old school EPROMs, but your range is $30 to $700. And, you know, the, my, my preference aside, even, even the number of EPROMs that I'll cycle through, you know, working on stuff in a given year, the, the MCU mall, the, uh, the, the, the Willem, the yeah, the MCU Mall Willem GQ 4x4 at, a, at under two hundred. That's a really good contender. It, it is, it is, and you just you do want to make sure though that you buy the the package version of the four x four that has the the power supply and um and everything with it that, that you get. So uh, the swappable, um, you know, the swappable ZIF sockets and things like that. So it, it, it does come with some niceties, but don't skimp. Don't just buy the, the version that is powered solely by the USB port uh, for the reasons that you mentioned above, Brent, or prior in this segment, because you, you are limiting yourself as to functionality. So let's talk a little bit about a few of the other players out there. And, you know, some of that conversation uh, – not are there the players that are out there because the tools are still available we've already mentioned the data io in, in the prior segment mm-hmm. but they may not be a company anymore you know so one of the ones that come to my mind is needham electronics yeah definitely and, and i just googled I, I don't even know if needham was around anymore and the the page looks the, the home page is kind of interesting it's a pile of eproms on fire <laughs> um and it now it says needham electronics division of logical devices incorporated okay all right and it is it's it's a pile of old school you know 
dip package through hole EPROMs with like some Photoshop flames on it. Uh, and I guess that's supposed to mean burning EPROMs. Burning EPROMs. Uh, we can text them a question. So um, uh, if we want, we could actually text them right now live on the show and ask if they're still around. <laughs> but Are you still in business? And then see if you get an answer. Yes. So they do have a, a products page. And, you know, they've got, uh, see, it looks like it's at the EVP series. The low end, the 290 is 275. And I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It looks like they still have some big programmers. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking to see if I can see what the high end is. Uh, 275, 375, 695. And then it's getting spendy for yeah, what it is. And then it just continues to go up to where they're doing multi. Uh, well, apparently they still make gang programmers, which is multi-station where you could program multiple EPROMs, the same code yeah. in one shot. In, so yeah, in one pass. Yeah. I, I would imagine it honestly, it would not surprise me if somewhere out there, there's still warehouses of some type of industrial equipment that just run and the investment is so great that and they that this this stuff is still used to some degree it has to be because in production it has to be because you've got uh i mean you've got machines that run real-time operating systems that that we're talking about production control that you you just can't restart that type of stuff you, it it can't take a reboot so in the way that it runs is is it runs with this uh, discrete hardware so I, i'm sure that's the case brent I, you did mention the needums mm-hmm. i did want to revisit that and that company's quick. been around for a long time it, 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 ha- programmer. It, it has it has uh the Needums, I think the the two that probably come to mind the most as far as what would be of use to the arcade hobbyist would be the the Needums, the, the EMP-10 and the EMP-20. Um, I have an EMP-20. Uh, I picked it up on eBay for the uh, the hefty sum of $90 and some change, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I remember it well. When I bought it, uh, it came in a case with the power supply, uh, the wall wart, uh, which is actually a very, a very substantial wall wart. It's 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 huge. Did not look at the did not look at the the voltage and, and the amp requirements on that as far as what it needs. But it was a Needham's branded wall wart, so I'm <laughs> I'm hesitant to use anything else with it other than that one. But uh, I will say this: the the EMP twenty, uh, it, it's very capable programmer. It can handle a lot of your common arcade EPROMs. Uh, and it does run a DOS-based software. Uh, you can get it to run in Windows okay, uh, Windows XP actually just fine. But um, I, I think it's I think it's a good option. I mean, if you if you want something that uh, that won't break the bank and may or may not run into the supported scenario with um, with being able to program some chips with, like the Willems, uh, the Willem can. Yeah, because I mean, USB it's power. It's an older programmer, and yeah, you definitely need to. I do remember this now. When I was looking at programmers back in the day, I remember taking a survey of my game room to see if I had anything that was outside of what could be read or programmed by the programmers I was considering. Yeah, and and that's that's a good thing to do. There's no doubt. Here's what I don't like about 
the EMP 20 and I, the EMP 30, I think is the same way. It's, if you can buy, buy this as a unit, that's fine. Uh huh. But they have the little program cards. And you have to get the program cards with it. Otherwise, you, it's kind of like owning a Fluke 9010A with no pods. Exactly. And that's that's exactly the situation you're going to find yourself in. So, you, and, and it's good that you mentioned that, Brent, because what the, what the EMP does or how, how the EMP works is it has essentially profile cards that you swap in and swap out and those profile cards tell the uh, programmer what pins to activate on the ZIF socket and, and those program cards or profile cards really give the EMP its its characteristics and its support as far as what it can what uh, dip packages it will support and depending upon what you're wanting to program you may or may not have to swap those profile cards yeah. out if, so, if the pins are the same across a given series of chips then yeah. that profile card will support it, it, it'll support it and it'll work now all that being said as long as you get a full set of profile cards with your EMP, let's say your EMP 20 or, or even, well, the EMP series, I'm sure the 10 is the, I'm not sure if the 10 is the same way. Um, uh, to look at these pictures, uh, yes, it is. Is it? Okay. All right. And, and it makes me wonder because I, I have a new old stock Willem programmer in there, excuse me, Needham, and I thought it was an EMP 10, but I don't remember it looking like I haven't opened it in forever. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. I, I got there was one of those things where, like you, I got it back in the day, and it was a a good good deal, yes. and it just smoked a deal, and it just kind of sat. And then it was superseded by something by else. By something else, so, exactly. Yeah, I need but to the good, deal, it. the good deal is, or I, the situation is, it was such a good deal, you got it, but it sits in a box, and I, I get that. So, so all that being said, I, the, the Needham is very capable. It's actually extremely capable. It, it's probably, in my mind, the most versatile of the EEPROM programmers. It will not do PROMs. It, it cannot. Uh, it cannot um, program PROMs, single-use PROMs themselves. But it's it's probably one of the most capable, despite that, yeah. as far as as far as versatility and, and all up support. So now, when you when you step up into you know my my programmer of choice for average everyday use, the Pocket Programmer series, and the um, the G the GQ four by four from MCU Mall, those are all software setup. That's exactly right. You fire up the software. You know, you select the the chip you're going to program, and then it itself will set up the programmer behind the, the scenes. Behind the scenes, and you drop the chip in, and yeah, you're, you're golden. It, well, and the good thing about and those, you get mo- modern OS support. You too. do get modern OS support, and you don't really well take this for what it's worth. But you pick the chip series and in the model of the chip itself, and you don't really have to worry about programming voltages or uh, or anything along those lines. It, it the the software tends to mask that from you. Mm-hmm. Now, if if you've got like an EMP, uh, like like the EMP twenty, uh, the software is older school and it's it's a bit more. I, I, crude it may be a better use to or a better word to say but it, it's it's representative of the time that it was produced mm-hmm. but you do have to know a bit more about the chips that you're programming yeah because you'll have a lot of options and options may uh only differ by the the, the programming voltage or, or just one other like little parameter that actually that actually is is relevant is pertinent i, I know on the on the transtronic side 
I'll mention the interface a little bit here when we talk about how I commonly use it, use it as a tool. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's on my arcade, you know, utility belt. But there's there's a big button in the in the GUI that's just got the chip number, a chip number. OK, you click that button and it throws up a window of all the supported parts that the device can read slash program oh, okay excellent and it'll also have notes out to the side if there's some kind of weirdness with a like a texas instrument part versus a you know st part or something to that effect okay as well as the generic the more like a 27c256 your more generic flavors of the part uh, you know, you're more common parts like we would run into. Yeah. And, you know, it'll even as a reminder. I know that the transtronic stuff will. If you have like a 27 C 256 versus a 27 256, it's got a note there that says, OK, I'm going to program this part at this voltage. Uh-huh. And, I, and I've done that before. I have accidentally had a C, a CMOS part in lower programming voltage, and I chose the non c equivalent and it it kept you from ruining it oh no no i pushed the button and smoked it oh i see yeah because i told it that that was a 20 i'm just gonna please i told that it was a 27 256 Uh and i put a 27 c in it yeah and you know i the programming voltage is too high and i smoked the chip smoked it yep so i mean it it i don't think i mean there may be something out there that could tell the difference just by doing some kind of check across the chip i I don't know i don't know man i mean but nonetheless it was it was my fault i didn't have to i didn't have to mess with jumpers change i just select it you can select and go select and go go for For better or worse yeah for good or bad select and go yeah i again I, i think the needham is is a very is a very versatile option um truth be told i use my needhams a lot more than i use my willem um i'm not really sure why but i do um all that being said i have not you know i've never really considered the the e tools and i i mean i would i definitely have to look at the transtronics i don't really have a need for it but i would at least like to learn a little bit more about it honestly without looking at the parts list Uh it wouldn't surprise me if on the whole the 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 willem excuse me the mcu mall willem gq 4x4 is not pretty darn near equivalent to the pocket program from transtronics gotcha and see mine just sits there on my desk next to my windows 7 pc uh-huh and I, I don't happen to and that's probably one of the reasons i haven't run out and set up a dos pc and the like like you have because i haven't kind of cornered myself into into a tool where i really needed that right now bingo yeah or some other something else where i needed <laughs> you will when you run the data I, uh, yeah I will where say i needed that. the older yeah. support yeah so i was i just reach over and plug it in and bring up the software and i'm done yeah and you in know a, in a way you go yep totally get it so speaking of this this is how i use my programmer haha how do you you program with it brent <laughs> <laughs> of course you do you you program e proms with it uh the transtronics will do most everything Say for every you know the older older like multi voltage twenty seven oh eight type EPROM. So you know if you're getting into early early games where they were just getting into stacking EPROMs on the games, you might see some of those older twenty seven oh eights and the like. 
I, I don't happen to have any, anything like that right now. When I started out, I, I was concerned about it because I thought, well, my gosh, what happens if I need to do that? Yeah. I haven't had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and I'm sure you'll find this on the, on the GQ four by four, the, the pocket programmer will handle your 25, 16 and 27, 16 and up uh-huh. through everything that I've thrown at it in this hobby yeah. without a problem. It'll yeah. read it or program it. It's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And if you go and look at any of these programmers, even your eBay $30 deals, they'll, have, they'll do that. They'll have the parts lists out yeah. there. You yeah, can look at them. They will. Okay. The, the big thing that I do with it, and, and people, I don't hear people talk about this that often or read about it on forums, is you can use it to check your EPROMs, to verify your EPROMs. And that's kind of where I started this conversation. I want to know that the software is working. You know, you might get to a point in your troubleshooting process. Uh, it, it, do I have a failed EPROM? Will a game or not run with a pinball not boot because something's wrong and it's got an EPROM bad? You can pull the EPROMs out, drop them in one of these programmers, which is a generic term, and read the data back out of them. Okay, so on the arcade side, you can get a, a just. It's easy to find. There's tools out there that combine all the main ROM data into a nice little GUI. And what you can do is you can point that GUI at a, 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 an image. So I put in the EEPROM. I use my uh, software. I just do a read image, save file. Then I point, point it at it. Boom. It tells me if it matches anything in MAME. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Okay. What I do a lot on the pinball side is I'll go out to like the internet pinball database and I'll download the ROM pack. You got to be a little careful because um, you got to make sure you got like an equivalent version. So there's sometimes there's a little question there. So there's a little more footwork, but I'll go out and I'll download the ROM pack and then I'll load that ROM into the software and I'll put the chip in and I'll run a compare they and it'll compare. tell me if That's it matches. Right. Yep, exactly. All right. So you can use this to read your EPROMs and, and make those intelligent decisions about, okay, is it good? Is it bad? Yeah. Does it match to something that's known? Okay. And then there's always the, uh, you know, I just want to straight up dump these EPROMs for some reason. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Just to back them up and save them. Yeah. Yes. And, and I've done that where it, you know, okay, look, I've got these out. I've tested them. Um, for, for whatever reason, I just want a copy of them. I'll pull them down. I'll write them to a file, put them on a jump jump drive, put them on storage somewhere, and I've got them. Okay, and at any point in time, I can make I can make other copies of them. I've had games where, for whatever reason where I've just I've wanted to make a backup, and, and I've done it. Yeah. Now, honestly, I can't tell you why. I know I've done it, but it, at the time, it seemed like a good idea, I guess, because I did it. Yeah. You know, but. Um, I, you can do that. So you've got a lot of options. And, you know, I was telling Whitney before uh, we started recording, I wanted to pull up the software, at least for the for the, the pocket programmer, and just talk about one of the other reasons I like it, I, I use it, and it's just the interface is so simple. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I run it on a, on a Win 7 box. I'm sure it's Win 10 compatible at this point. The The interface just screams 
1994 called and we want our our gooey back. <laughs> we want our gooey but back. But it's just yeah. it, it's just exactly what you need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can. Uh, it's just a simple set of buttons to do exactly what they advertise. Okay. I want to program the chip. I want to read the chip. I want to do a compare of of what I've got loaded in the software to the chip. Okay, and what that compare, at least the pocket programmer, what it'll do is if you don't have a blank EEPROM, you can take an EEPROM, stick it in in the reader, in the burner, programmer, whatever you want to call it. Yep. You can load your your image into the software and it'll compare and see if it can overwrite the chip and update it with what you've got in memory. I guess if you're doing some kind of production work and you change something where that's an option. That would be handy. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you from that that erasing cycle. Yes. If you wanted to get real fancy. Which is time consuming, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get real fancy, it lets you go in and edit your buffer like you've loaded an image in and I wanted to change the the names of the ghost in Pac-Man. Yeah. You can do it right here. Yeah. It'll do a checksum. So what a checksum is, is it's a mathematical profile. I'll use that word again, Whitney, of of the chip to help you see if it's been corrupted. Okay. So that's one of the ways that, and the name of this is escaping me when we jump sections here, Whitney, I have to do some Googling. I, I didn't even think about it earlier. Otherwise I'd put it in the show notes, the name of the, the software that you did, you use the databases, the main ROMs and does the comparisons. Oh, clear, uh, clear main pro. No, that's not what I'm thinking. That's of. not what you're thinking of. But it, okay. is that, was that, something that'll that, do that's, it that's one of them that does okay it. yeah well that's yeah. that's probably way older than what i've got because what i've got i know it's been around forever and I, I don't think i've i've just copied it from machine to machine for the probably 10 years oh okay gotcha but that that's what it does is it does a checksum it's it knows all the main roms and all their checksum values yeah. and when you read in a rom it just looks in the database for that checksum and says oh it's pac-man rom whatever yeah okay one e yeah whatever it is you can do that too if you can find i've done that with pinball pinball roms okay well here here's where all the checksums are i just oh okay read it in i don't even have to to load it in the software and do a comparison i know the checksums right yeah okay it's good all right gotcha select there's a like i said earlier there's a big button that just says here's what my chip is punch that button choose you a new chip away you go yeah I'm gonna, it's I'm just gonna have to real look, I have to simple to it i like to say not that i think i would ever buy it but it i mean i'm kind of already down the route on mm-hmm. the needham and the in the willem but uh yeah it's definitely good to know about because i just hadn't been exposed to it prior i haven't actually looked at the uh the willem gq 4x4 mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the software looks like and again it's it's, it's pretty easy it's to pretty use. easy yeah it is I mean, like i said i think just just on paper i think it would be a, a fair comparison today yeah in 2017 yeah to the transtronics pocket programmer yeah, yeah. back in the day when i kind of got on the bandwagon it, it it made much more sense because the it was really the middle ground from you know real high-end what was probably more common production stuff you know several thousand dollar programmers and this real questionable gray area <laughs> 30 dollar special right yes. yeah because those those existed then and they exist today yes you know and they always will whereas n- now 10 years or so later you've got these other other players in that field which is kind of odd because this technology 
they're they're catering to definitely a niche market. Oh, there's no doubt because you know? it's not like it. It's not like it's. It's not like it's it's actively growing. I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's a very very known quantity. And mm-hmm. I, you just, I'm sure there's other hobbies that use e-proms, but I, I'm sure I can't are. imagine that it's a growing thing. That, see, that's that's just it. It's it's not like there's there's high R and D going on here. It's one of those scenarios where it's it, to me it's like a lot of it is known. It's all it's all well documented. It's all been out there for a long time. Mm-hmm. So one other thing that we need to mention. If you're going to add one of these to your to your workbench or to your arcade tool belt, if you will, your bat belt, you really kind of need an, e- an, an eraser, an EEPROM eraser. So what basically the little window in the top of the EEPROM that we've all seen, that's I think it's quartz. And if you expose the EEPROM to UV light, and, and I am in no way a physicist, so this isn't like you can take it out and lay it in the sun. I mean, you could do it, but I think if you do the math on it, it takes like years to actually long, happen. Long time to degrade. Yeah. yeah. You basically put it under a in an intense UV light in a little enclosure to erase it. And the erasing it, if you were to actually look at it and do a blank check on it, if memory serves, it's the equivalent of of all hexadecimal s f yeah yes that is correct and then the programmer does the magic with you know within the chip to change each of those cells to represent different hex values so there if you go out and actually you read like the readme that comes at least with the transtronics or just just how does an eprom work Mm -hmm. it's really an interesting read Needless to say, if you're going to have erasable, programmable, read-only memory and you want to erase it, the tool to erase it is the little, it's a little, I'm sure you can get them the size of a house. We use small, little, at least in the hobby generally, uh, a little, U, um, oh crud, I just said it, not USB, a little, um, what kind of light? UV. UV, thank yeah, you, Whitney. Yeah. A little UV eraser. Yes. So those can be had I mean, they're reasonably inexpensive, uh, under 20 bucks in some cases. Like if I go back out here and I look at Transtronics, they've got, uh, let's see here, EEPROM Programmer. They've got one they call the D-Erase, which is what I have. A little, I don't know, it's maybe the length of a pack of cigarettes, but not as wide. It's got a little drawer. It can set. Uh, it's got like little channels in the little drawer. You can you can fit four to five EEPROMs in there. Little timer on it. It's semi user friendly. I mean, you have to have a screwdriver to change the pot to set the time, and it's got an on and off switch and a safety. So when you pull the drawer out, it turns off. It runs sixty seven dollars. Yeah, you can get inexpensive ones on eBay, probably in the twenty thirty dollar range. Yeah, that's it. So it's something definitely to consider. If if you come up with blanks and you're needing to, or you, you have pulls, used EEPROMs from mm-hmm. old boards or wherever you get them, there's thousands of them out there. Before you reprogram one, you got a blanket, so you yeah. kind of need it. Yeah, you know, you, you do. And and if you mess one up, you you have to run it through the blanking process again. And if you misprogram, uh, program one with the wrong file, with the wrong ROM file, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. then you want to erase it again. Uh, just a couple caveats. 
I mean, the one that I've got, it, it it has a timer where it can run all the way up to thirty minutes, and you don't really want to bake your bake your ROMs. Oh for yeah, because you can't absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can you can definitely damage them. It, it'd be it's a scenario of too much of a good thing. It's like eating platefuls of carrots, and that's all you eat. <laughs> uh, so uh, all the all the little uh, all the little bites that it programs in, all the little f's that it programs, all the little ones that it sets. Uh, yeah, you can wind up damaging them if it's if it's too long. I, the way that I typically go is, you know, I'll stack mine the tray of mine as full as I possibly can, and uh, get get the most bang for the buck out of running it. Uh, but at, at that same token, I mean, I'll, I'll typically run mine for somewhere somewhere in ten or eleven minutes tops. You know, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, and that I'll take them out and run them through the verification process to make sure they read uh, all F's and everything's good so i've never run into a problem yet i think i've got mine set at about 10 minutes and yeah that sounds about right i'm generally programming 27 32s 128s five you know 512s in there yeah and before i program them i'll do a blank check on if i'm doing a bigger rom i'll start i might run them through that same cycle twice or yeah honestly if you just start you just turn it down, start a few minutes and blank check it and yeah. then just crank it up and do it again. And you, you'll, you'll find your, you'll find your happy yeah, spot with it, it. This is, it's definitely a case where, uh, more is not better. So no. yeah, don't start at 30 minutes and come back. No, no, Start no, low no. and go high. No, because you're just, you're just killing ROMs if, if you do that. So yeah, I mean, the thing is, I guess with the money spent on the, on the ROM erasers, uh, your, your 20 to $30 option on eBay uh, I, I don't mean this to sound bad, but it is the truth. I, I mean, it's going to be pretty much a Chinese-made plastic housing. If it's UV even got eraser. a housing. Yeah, if it even has one. And it's probably going to feel like a 20 or $30 <laughs> piece of equipment. Uh, spend up on one of these and at least get at least get something that's got a metal, a, a metal casing on it that has a safety switch and... Uh, is not going to you know toast your eyeballs because the Chinese plastic switch broke when you, you know, when you slid the tray in the last time you used it and didn't know it or whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's tough to it's tough to give a whole lot more uh, sage advice on those. Just make sure that you make sure that you get something decent. That's probably the best way to advise on that. So what was the name of the software again that you you had mentioned to do the the uh, arcade rom comparison yeah i use a piece of software called ClearMame pro c-l-r-m-a-m-e-p-r-o it's like a rom management uh utility and and it will calculate crcs of the roms so you can point it to a series of roms and it'll check it against the database and everything like that see now i'm gonna have to but it does a lot more than that as well i I finally just found it and this is in a post on clove from december of 2013 Mm -hmm. it's rom ident rom ident okay yep and And it even looks like the website is like romident.coinopflorida.com. <laughs> and I you remember, might want to grab that before it disappears. Well, I remember back in the day, it was a little convoluted to set it up. Uh-huh. And you had to go here to get the Romident tool. You had to go there to get this database file. And since then, I have literally copied the directory PC to PC. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at anything else. And it, it must have really kind of fallen out of favor because it took... 
I don't know how many Google searches of differing terms using MAME, ROM, database, verified it to finally find something that led me to the name of it. No, I, I got you. So yeah, it must be. I don't. I don't hear of it being used, or I don't hear it actively discussed. Okay, but that's just me. So, I, what I feel is there's. What I feel is probably time is time has passed it by, and other tools have been developed that supersede that functionality. But hey, man, if it still works, it still works. Well, the this is funny. The the uh, so then I straight up googled Ramadent, and now it, it brings up top of the search Ramadent. Same thing. Dot Hamsters online ROM identification, an alternative to the MS DOS ROM ident app. Mm. So the app I have now that I think about this, I think there was a there was a command line back end, and then someone had written a little basic GUI front end, and then you had to have that. So there was all these pieces. So yeah, you go go with whatever Whitney said. Yeah, I mean, which cl- I've forgotten, and we'll have to ask again because I need to upgrade. Yeah, clear Mame Pro. Clear Mame yeah, Pro. Yeah. CLR. M-A-M-E-P-R-O, Clear Main Pro. Weird name, but the program works. And, and that's that's its role in life is to do these comparisons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, update. Well, and the thing about it, uh, the thing about it is, is again, it does a lot more than that. It can uh, it can also like reconstruct missing ROMs out of a set. Uh, if you if you've got a game that has let's say 12, file, 12 ROM files or sixteen ROM files or whatever, and you're missing one, then it can tell you which one you're missing, and then uh, then reconstruct it. It, it does it does cataloging and inventory. It's mainly used for managing full versions of the main ROMs and then helping you upgrade from one version of a main ROM set to another set. It, but it has an, an incidental function of doing the CRC checks and things like so that. So what, you just pointed at a ROM and it says, oh, that's Frogger, ROM, whatever? You can do that after you have populated its database and, and everything like that. So you have to go through through some setup on it as well. It's not It's not usable in that format just straight out of the gate. Okay, but you can go out and get a da- like a master database. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. You sure can. And, and that, yeah. that, that sounds a little bit like... Um, what were what I've used, but with uh, m- much easier setup. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. So. Fair, fair enough. So it, I mean, it, it is it is very handy. I, I will say that. So yeah, Clear Main Pro. Cool. All right, dude. Let's spend some of your money. Well, sure enough, let's do it before uh, before we let Christmas slide away from us, man. <laughs> let's uh, let's spend some cash, dude. You cover this one. You, you threw this one in, so I figured it must be near and dear to your heart for you to spend your own money uh, on something. So uh, what, what what do we got? So here? so I had a need to pick up a, another fume extractor. Did did yours die or what? No, was the deal? I just I. Um, Actually, I'm not going to use it for soldering. It's a whole other long story. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so, but I, I I have a Tenma fume extractor that sets on my workbench. I was going to say, those are good. Yeah. And, and I it's, mean, it's quite high quality. It, I, and I want to say, I've just, I'm looking at a list of, of fume extractors right now on Newark, which is also known as Element 14. Yeah. And they have the Tenma there. And I, I want to say the price come, has come down. They're listing it at $34.99. I want to say when I bought mine a couple years ago, it was probably closer to 50 bucks. Okay. They have uh, uh, the Weller, which looks 
conspicuously like the Tenma. <laughs> I, I'm wondering how that happens, uh, but yes. So it, I'm looking at this these pictures, and it looks like a police lineup where, uh, sir, can you look to the to your left? And then they took a picture and called it a Tenma. Yeah. And they said, sir, can you look to the right? And they took a picture and called it a Weller. Yeah, I'm sure. You be the judge. Yeah. The Weller is listed at $65.43. That's the name. Uh, there's a couple other that others that look exactly like it or like the same form factor there's one called an aven a-v-e-n it lists kind of middle ground at 4638 so this this is kind of a standard layout it's kind of got like a horn a bell like if you will that that radiates out from the filter it's not very deep maybe three or four inches deep it's got a little stand it's really got the equivalent of a larger pc fan in the back that just draws the fumes through that that charcoal media works like a champ I, i use mine all the time but like i said i wanted another one and i i didn't want to I'm in a situation where I could go a little cheaper. Okay. And it was also a good experiment. Yeah. So look, look in that box down there by your feet, Whitney. I promise this isn't a trick like the, like the Tempest. Yeah, okay, no worries. I went out to good old eBay, and this is a case where I really think that, you know, the low-dollar alternative paid off. So I, I went for one of the fume extractors, the lookalikes that, that fit this Tenma Weller model that's a little stand kind of a little horn that extends out from where the filter goes in looks like a PC fan in the back go and just pop it out of there Whitney I, just turn it over and pop it out like ice cube like an ice cube so the funny thing here is, is the seller sounds like like shopjimmy.com that's it it's shop yeah. Jimmy and, and that sounds just like some let's be honest some goofy ebay seller well mr jimmy has his has nice boxes with shop jimmy printed on the side of it almost kind of like like an amazon recognizable type just yeah, I, mean, I mean shop jimmy takes uh, he, he like takes pride in what are you stuff, doing man. it t- i got that out of, I, I went to the front porch carried that around opened it up and got it out faster than you managed to get it out of the box this, this thing is uh this thing is confounding is what it is <laughs> there okay here we so go it, i got it now so take a look at just the labeling on the box this is obviously like a kind of a clone type of a deal but it looks a lot kind of like a hacko box oh it has the hacko font uh, in the hacko font feel as far as how it does the numbers in the bot in the square yeah. and everything like that yeah it's very hacko-esque yeah. isn't it All but right. it's like panasonic but like paniosonic it's really pa- close paniosonic yeah yes. so pull that out of there oh it even feels like a hacko doesn't yeah, it yeah it does tell. i i I had it out earlier, and I put it next to the Tenma. Man, dude, that's nice. It is. It's it's close. The mold's a little different. The angle... You can pull it out of there, Whitney, if you want to look at it. Uh, it runs up noise-wise. It sounds pretty much the same as the Tenma I've got. You okay, know? okay. And we're, again, we're hobby-grade here. We're not talking high-end production stuff that's that like maybe Stern has where where they're soldering all the leads on all the lamps in a in a pinball machine or and whatever. And it has to run 8 hours a day every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. From from my my money it was $20 done to how, the door. How about that? And it the filters are the same as the Tenma in terms of dimension. They the same company had filters, I think four were $6. So, you know, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. 
hopefully the auction's still alive. I'm sure Shop Jimmy will be out there. I don't know if he re-ups the auctions. I, I was not expecting much, and um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I was here. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, that's like awful. I said. I, I was willing to, to to take the take the risk. I mean, for the twenty bucks to see what I would get, and I was I was really actually shocked. Uh, yeah, I'm very surprised that this is as this is as high quality as it appears to be i had it out i only plugged it up uh and you know ran it for just you know just a few seconds just to kind of test it and i wanted to see if it sounded like i had a rock in it or like like a really really super super cheap fan but it did okay. it did i was really i reached over and turned on the tenma and i was like no that's pretty much the same pretty much sounds pretty much the same yeah yeah so yeah, if anyone's looking for like if you're doing a lot of cap kits and even when I do a single cap kit, I'll put all the caps in and solder everything at the end. I don't use a, the fume extractor when I'm desoldering because all that gets pulled through the filters of the, of my desolder yeah. uh, stations. If you don't have a desolder station and you're kind of doing wick or you're doing like a vacuum type deal, then it'll it'll, it'll become airborne. You might want to do it on the desolder side. But I'll put all my caps in and solder them all in one shot, and that's when I use a fume extractor because that's just too much. Yeah, it, it'll it'll definitely give me a headache. Yeah, it, it does. It, it works a number on you after if a while. If you if you think you're going to do some soldering, twenty bucks, and I'm I'm I don't know why I'd need them, but I almost want to buy a couple more. <laughs> so. Just have them sitting around. Well, they are a nice fan. Maybe they'll leave that uh, you know nice clean charcoal yep. scent throughout the house. How about that? But good old. Sh- Shop Jimmy. Well, free standard shipping, nineteen ninety nine. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know where they? Let's take a look at where they come out of. Where like oh like where he actually ships from, uh, Minnesota. Yep. Sure enough, Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you know what? The good thing about Minnesota, that's probably two days to most anywhere in the U.S. Just from just from a location standpoint. So. That's neat, man. Yeah, I'm I'm excited actually to get that to get that up in the show notes and share that because that's that's just a good deal is what mm-hmm. that is. It's a good deal. Um, the only other thing, Brent, I, I guess you get it easy this month because uh, hey, man, I guess we can say in air quotes, man, we got bills this month <laughs> because it's Christmas. Okay, so we're gonna take it easy. Um, this is this is something that I think is uh, I think is actually pretty neat. I've not seen this product before. This is from uh, a gentleman on Clove. His uh, handle is Esquilito, and uh, this is a good. This is a good guy. I've talked with him on Twitter quite a bit, and he's a stand-up, solid dude. So there should be no concern with buying from uh, from from him and spending with him. But he has fabbed up a pair, or I guess, a, well, a, a pair probably not the right way to say it but a set that's probably the better way to say it a set of dragon's lair or space ace space ace brackets okay these would be the um these would be the marquee brackets that go at the top of the machine now these are 85 dollars a set or 97 dollars a set powder coated and these are very very high quality looking brackets nice welds and uh, we'll have a picture of this in the show notes of what the brackets look like when they're on the machine and um 
yeah i i I mean i'm a sucker for powder coated stuff as everybody probably fully well knows i I just love the crisp clean look of it uh look of metal after it's been powder coated and yeah if i I, i'd be all over these Uh, this is this is nice so So, i mean for the what the 12 dollar uptick for the 12 dollar (sighs) uptick you get them powder coated and let me tell you oh yeah let me tell you man i've spent a fair amount on powder coating over the past couple years that's a steal an absolute you're, steal. You're well beyond $12 in time and just to take them somewhere is, and pick them up. There is no doubt about that. So, yeah. So, we'll have the link to this in the show notes. So, if you, if you have a Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, and, uh, you know, are considering the restoration on those, then on either one of those or both, then, uh, yeah, give this give this a shot. Again, Here, Esquilito on Claw. Here's the interesting thing about that. I've had a few games where I've been missing a marquee bracket or a piece of metal work, but it's not super common. Yeah. However, when you look at the unique shape of the marquee for these cabinets, uh, yes, I, I can only imagine how butchered the originals were <laughs> yeah. during a conversion. So yeah. I, I'm betting that's probably where the demand for this is, is deconverting, De- deconverting bad conversion, deconverting golden T 98. Yep you know that's, back to space ace that's it yeah and, and these brackets are probably odd oddly shaped enough that you don't see them lying around or they're, they're not like commonly available uh they're and, available by the role uh, in terms yeah, of duct tape in ter- yes exactly right yeah exactly right and uh in in finding any way shape or form to hold such an odd shaped uh marquee to the cabinet I mean, it's, it's not like a midway game where that the mm-hmm. bracket shared through several games that, that's you know? it that's it and, and these are these are um these are shaped uh, these are shaped uniquely enough that it they're they actually look like three separate pieces of metal that are welded now i don't know that for a fact i haven't talked to esquilito to confirm but it looks like three separate pieces of metal that are uh that are each rolled slash bent a certain way and then cut and then welded at the very end so i would even go so far as to say that by the time you look at the metal and the time and the welding and then the the burring and the finishing and the powder coating I don't really know how $97 really makes a lot of profit, just just to be very blunt about it. But to me, that feels like it feels like a really good deal on a very unique item. I would agree with. Yeah, you. yeah. So anyway, I got off pretty light for Christmas. You, you actually did. You actually did, dude. You must have. Uh, you must be on on the. Uh, you must be on the nice list, not the naughty list. Hell, so. you don't know me very well. <laughs> so that's pretty much. Uh, pretty much all, all I got for this month, Brent. I, I guess it's kind of a slow month because it's Christmas. I think well, I've spent more of my money this. I, month. This I, is becoming this a, is, a reoccurring think, theme. Yeah, I, I guess I'm like really slacking off on the spend Brent's money. Yeah. It, I, you know, I, at first I was really okay. Let's just be honest. Right now, I'm still really opposed to this whole spend my money thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's really snowballed and it's run me over in that it's me spending my money. This, like, actually, because it's right there at your foot. It, yep. I mean, it's I twenty bucks. Twenty but, bucks, but still. I mean, my EEPROM programmer. Yeah. It, these it, Tron joysticks. Man. Oh my you know, god. I, I mean, we've almost like flipped rolls over the past six some, months. I need some eggnog. Yeah, some spiky eggnog at that. <laughs> spiky eggnog. Exactly. All right, dude. Well, listen, man. Uh, I think it's a good time. It's that part of the show to do some news and some feedback before we put a bow on this baby and uh, and kick it out for Christmas. Because you know what? Much like our relatives. It's uh, we don't want them to stay too awful long, Brent. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Woody. 
Brim, before we get into the feedback, I'm going to take another cough drop. Oh, that's fine. You, oh, you, oh, you go right ahead. You go oh, right ahead. Oh, oh, you had something else. Yes, I did. I found oh, I found an article. I am going to take another cough drop. You you, you knock yourself out, <coughs> literally and figuratively. Okay. <laughs> um, I love you too. Exactly. Um, it, well, you know, it is Christmas and all. Um, <laughs> I found an article uh, in my surfing of the internet, uh, the interwebs for uh, for stuff you know to throw up on the Facebook uh, on the Facebook page. I found an article from Pace Magazine. I uh, saw this tweeted out by a few people as well, and it's titled "The Best Pinball Machines of 2017." Okay, and this article it's relatively new. It's from December 2nd, so here we are recording pretty much mid December. So this article's had a couple of weeks of uh, runtime on it right now. And I, Brent, I wanted to throw this out here because I'm curious uh, to hear the listeners' thoughts on this as well as yours of the, these five machines that the author, um, by the name, a gentleman by the name of Garrett Martin, uh, chose as the five best pinball machines of 2017. Now, my question is, and, and I, I think this is answered in at least partially by the machines that he picked. Were these the the five best machines that were released in 2017, which I, I have to assume that is that that's the intent here, or the five best machines that were played or or that were in prominence of 2017? So I, I'm going to assume that were manufactured or released in 2017. So so Brent, with that number five is Aerosmith by Stern, okay? And I'm kind of curious on this because it's a great game. I've played it several times. I love the artwork on it. But I don't know that it stands, I mean, in the list. I'm just a bit torn on it myself because, I mean, Aerosmith to me is kind of a meh band, kind of a meh uh, theme, kind of a meh... uh, I guess license for, but that's all personal opinion. At the same point, I I, I don't know. I like music. I like music machines. I, I just don't know that that Aerosmith is yeah. teetotal top of the list for me. See, now I haven't gotten to play a lot of Aerosmith. I played a few games, or I, actually, probably just a few balls. Yeah, out of a couple games in in Atlanta this year at Southern Fried Game Room Expo. So I, I don't really have any. I just haven't seen one, mm-hmm. and, and you know, as I as I kind of looked at, look at this list in retrospect, and we'll get in more into the list, but is there such thing as too much? And that's that's almost the point that I arrive at because I played this, uh, I played Aerosmith maybe. I'm going to say 10 or 12 times while I was at the Pinball Hall of Fame a couple of months back. Okay. And I just, and I played it repeatedly along with Batman 66, repeatedly, just to try to get a feel for it and to determine whether I, whether I liked it or not. I'll be straight up though, as meh as I felt about Aerosmith, I even felt more meh about Batman 66. (laughs) And I'm in, and so I, I I don't know. I, I mean, the the first line of the uh, of the paragraph that describes Aerosmith, the, the ranking of Aerosmith, uh, the author says it's hard to objectively analyze a pinball machine while discounting its theme, and I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that. So I don't know. Maybe it's just the theme itself, but uh, you know, Aerosmith number five coming in at number five. <laughs> See, All right. now I like Aerosmith. Yeah, but I don't look at 
Aeros. Now, but it, I say this knowing, actually, physically knowing, yeah. not just saying I. I'm sure knowing yeah. that I know people that bought that because of Aerosmith. Oh, I'm sure because Aerosmith. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure because the the theme alone is, mm-hmm. is what pulled it. So I, I I totally get it. Totally get it. Uh, I I was almost that way with ACDC, if not that way with ACDC. But ACDC's paid dividends. But um, I I don't know. Maybe if I got maybe if I had an Aerosmith or I played uh, I played more on it and and was a bit more exposed to the depth of the rule set for what's there. I might think about it a bit differently, but uh, anyway, there it is. At number five, number four. Guess what number four was? It, it, <laughs> for this article being two weeks old, I almost feel like a machine that was three. The, the, the machine was three was three weeks old at the time. Guardians of the Galaxy was listed as number four. The reason that I'm so surprised at that is not because of the theme itself, but because the machine has barely been. It feels like the machine's barely been out a month, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand how anybody has realistically had enough playtime on that particular machine to to quantify it as being number anything i'm just kind of surprised at that but i may, maybe this is in the list based upon theme alone now i've admitted in this in the even in the show that i'm facebook disconnected which is where a lot of this new info tends to come out and yep when this was first announced uh it was me that actually threw this up on our Facebook page. Oh I yeah, think. It, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I'm so, with I'm with you where you're going though. I mean, I like it on theme alone. Well, where I'm really going with this is I'm just watching, you know, a, a video on it that's in this article. Uh, I mean, how much is out there on it? I know a couple of machines have landed in people's hands shortly after the the the, the announcement. I yeah, mean, Stern is good about that. If if they show it to you. You can pretty much have it within within a couple weeks. Cu- a couple weeks. Yeah, That's generally. exactly right. Which is great. Has it uh, has it made the rounds? I don't know. I, well, I don't think it's made the rounds from the sense of the premiums and the LEs and the pros all yeah. being on the street and all being available as of this recording. Now, Jack Danger um, from uh, from Dead uh, from it's Dead Flip, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. Dead flip. I want to make sure that that I had that correct. So Jack Danger streamed the pro, and uh, that was that was a fun stream to watch. I mean, it was interesting to watch the game and the animations and the call, listen to the callouts and the songs that were used and everything like that. I, I think Guardians has got all the all the ingredients to be a killer killer kick butt machine in time. I don't know that it is that as of today based upon code maturity and just the the limited number of songs that are in it and everything like that but anyway it, it came in as number four um number three was star was uh I yeah, said wow. Star Trek. wow <laughs> that's what i've got on my mind huh uh star wars so so Brent, i mean what's your what's your take on that i, mm, I mean meh yeah unfortunately i was i'm mad on that as well yeah, I, I like the the actual first line uh, of the section in the article is the newest Star Wars pin has the lowest rating on the pinball community site pin side of the three stern m- machines released this year. And actually, that just answered a question I had in my mind. Uh-huh. Um, 
okay, so this gentleman is going to go out and write the article, whether it was assigned to him by paste or he came up with the idea. What what does he have to pick from? If, well, and if, I was trying if to, it's the machines in 2017, right. he doesn't have many more than five to pick from, to be quite yeah, honest that, with that's, you. That's where I was, that's what yeah. I was kind of trying to figure out. I, I couldn't remember. I could probably sit here and go through a timeline or, or, or actually a, an order of release of Stern Games, for example. I definitely could do it for the smaller shops. Yeah. I, I couldn't draw a circle around 2017, 2016. Uh, so... Yeah, there's there's just not a huge crop to choose from. I, I don't I don't think there is. I, I don't think there is. Although I will say, number one, I, be, I do believe to be well deserved. But that's that's oh pure, yeah, I do. Pure, I that's do. Pure pure opinion sneaking in right there. But yeah, Star Wars. So played it quite a bit down at the Grand Old Game Room mm-hmm, Expo. Uh, love mm. the theme. I'm a big fan of Star Wars as as I am with Star Trek. Um, you know, faux pas aside, there on the name. All that being said, though, I, and, and I know Stern worked really hard on Star Wars. I know they did. It looks like they did. It, ultimately, though, I'm I'm just left with I'm just left with not. It just doesn't scratch. It just doesn't scratch. You know, scratch the itch for me. Unfortunately, I, I played several games on it. Honestly, um, I played games on it with a with an imaginary Brent placeholder in a line yeah. for a game that's going to come up in the list. Okay, gotcha. And then when my when gotcha. imaginary Brent got up to the game, I I walked away from I just yeah. It's like, "Ooh, I got to go play that." And and unfortunately I, and, this you know, didn't from this a, didn't happen. From it. a theme perspective, when when um gosh, what was the movie because I screwed the name up several times, Whitney. The la- the not not the most recent not the most recent Star Wars Movie. You mean the Force Awakens? The Force Awakens. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So when I sit down in the theater for the Force Awakens, and you know, even the LucasArts logo uh-huh. was a little skin tingly. Yes. But you're talking about goosebumps, hair standing on straight up when it when it boom and the yeah. big Star Wars logo. And, and, I mean, and the orchestra fires up yes, and everything like that. that yeah. Is, that's a big deal for our generation. Yes, it and is. I just. I, I I I could I don't know that it this translates. It. I, I know I it just it just didn't translate for me, and I don't I don't even really know why so it just didn't. Go ahead and get your hate mail ready. Yeah, Brent, Brent BrentBrokenToken dot com. Yeah, and, and just Carbon Whitney on that as well while you're at it. But because I I'm, I'm I need my flame as well. When earlier in the year it's been mentioned on the show, I was going through to make make the the buyout deal. That, that we've talked about in recent episodes and I was repairing the gentleman's star data East star Wars. Yeah. I got some time with it where I could actually hear the call outs uh-huh. and study it for 32 seconds. Yeah. And actually figure out what I was doing and play it. Yeah. I liked it more than the star. I, I, w- I will say the same thing. I will say the same thing. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's just it's, it just is what it is. So, all right. Yeah. So that's number three, Star Wars. Now this is number two, dialed in by Jersey Jack Pinball. Mm-hmm. And uh, me personally, for the time that I've logged on, dialed in, I am happy to see this one in the list at where it is. I think it's well deserved. 
I think Jack uh, Jack is to be commended for creating an, an, an original theme machine in 2017. Uh, the build quality on it, uh, at least from from what I have seen and can tell, is very good. Uh, it's it's just a very unique game, and I think it scores on originality, if nothing else, alone. Now, have you so, got to play a production one? Uh, yes, I have. The yes. only one I've gotten to play was the, I, I think it was the prototype game that was at Grand Old Game Room Expo. Last year. Last year. Yes, so 2016. 20, 2016, correct. And it, ha- it had a, I think the uh, the little phone screen dealy there on the mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It actually was offline, and I can't fault him for that because I mean, it. Yeah. I don't even know how it got there, honestly, because this was such a new thing. Yes, I, I remember having fun, re- really enjoyed playing it, and that was kind of. There's a line. I'm gonna. It was the new hotness. I get to walk up. There's noise in the game room. I can't really hear it. I'm trying to feel it out, and I, I, it shot well. Mm-hmm. It was fast. Yeah, I I, I liked it, and. I, I, honestly, I kept looking over there to see if there was I could find, catch it with no line to sneak yeah, up to it. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting about this is that I, I don't I don't know that this is a theme that I would buy for my for my own personal game room to play day in and day out. But despite that, I totally respect the game mm-hmm. and what it is and what it stands for and what Jack. Uh, what Jack tasked Pat Lawler for doing from a design perspective and what was delivered and the the fact that an original theme game was brought to was brought to mass market. So I again it may not be the game for me, but I totally respect what it is. And I I think it I think it sits right where right where it deserves to sit on the list. So speaking of original theme game yes. and bring it to the mass market, that brings us to number one. <laughs> yeah. Go that, ahead, Whitney, because yeah. it's your total nuclear annihilation tna uh scott denisi and spooky pinball uh brent i've got i've i have to admit i've got i've got like total fandom love for this machine <laughs> i do i i I, t- I really really do well, I, i'm a scott denisi fanboy if, if for nothing else because he also owns a fiero there well there you go but for all the things that that this game is not from a complexity like from a playfield complexity standpoint it 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 has all the things all the things that it brings to the table just make up for all of that in spades and then some i i, I don't i i can't speak highly enough for the ex, the, the design and the execution on this game uh 100% original uh original theme it feels like a, a complete and total dream project come true is what it feels like to me i just love the music i love uh what scott's done with it and i i I just think it's awesome that spooky backed him and and they brought this machine to market so it's it's awesome so have you got your your game number yet whitney no i don't i don't (laughs) now i'm not i i'm i'm just gonna say no i haven't yet okay that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) and i reserve the right to say yes at a future point in time so that that's all I'll say. So is there is it a win or if or I think it's more so a win, win. Than, than an if because the the thing is is that I'm holding out for Stern to release my little pony. I, I, <laughs> I totally get it, man. I t- and can you imagine what the call outs for my little pony are going to be like? <laughs> oh, it's going to be award winning if nothing else. It, you know, if um, you know the rumor has been on and off forever. Um, Rainbow Bright, and yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah, 
I would have to look seriously at an Iron Maiden. Yeah, I get it. I, get I it. would. And you know something? I, I do. I think we mentioned this even to, to the point of the last episode. I mean, I've got total respect for Iron Maiden as a band and their music, mm-hmm. but because I didn't grow up with them, grow up listening to them, it's just not a theme that, that would likely resonate for me to the point to where I, that would be my next machine. But something like something like total nuclear annihilation, I, there there's enough there that it says to me that that's that's going to be enjoyable for years to come. Well, so. you, we've had the opportunity with TNA to take the approach that I would personally take with any other uh, with any additional new in box purchase. Mm-hmm we didn't take it with ghostbusters even after like personally brent griffith saying um i I won't buy on theme alone without playing the game and then ghostbusters come along and even from the pictures i was like okay i'm buying it yeah and 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 i did it i never i would have lost the bet that i would never have done such a thing yeah i get it at this point giving the way things are evolving through you know game production and co-development and and how easy it is to get a game several months after the 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 notice uh-huh. it doesn't make any sense not just to not to just wait play it at a show see it somewhere yeah see what you think about it let them get all the kinks work at worked out of production and and deal with it then and i mean then deal with it then that's exactly yeah. right and that's pretty much the it's pretty much the angle that i'm taking right now i don't feel I don't feel pressed to to put an order in yet, but at the same point, I don't know how long that gravy train will ride when it comes to how long is Spooky and, and Scott going to be building out TNAs. I, I don't know. I mean, are, will they be building them for the next 10 years in the next five years? I, I just I just don't know. I, I don't think there's an end. At least they've not announced an end to them yet, but um, as it as it matures i'm sure all good things come to an end and so i'm sure they'll they'll have a terminal point on it but uh i think i think just letting it mature just a little bit is probably wise and then that then then the time to put the order in is then spooky's always been very uh, upfront with their production numbers yes yes uh, i believe they've said they're not going to limit the machine uh-huh and just given their history i can't imagine and I'm, i don't want to put words in charlie's mouth but I can't imagine that at some point in time when they just say, okay, look, there, there's not enough requests. We don't it's want spinning it. down. Yeah. We don't want to interleave it into the line anymore for yeah. other titles. Yeah. I, I would imagine that they'll make the announcement and say, look, the, there's 50 more and we're done. Or we're going to spin it down. If you want to order, do it now. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll build out their remaining parts, and that's the end of it. And that's the end of it, yeah. So Very much so. But uh, I, I'll tell you, TNA wins, uh, for me at least, on just uh, on on how a in, – in what I would consider a more classic uh, playfield layout has been updated with a much more modern feel – with a, a very modern feel – uh, the music track is awesome. The, the the playthrough is just is just very addictive. Time and time again, it just never really seems to get old. I I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's well deserved for number one. So, yeah, give it a thought. We'll have a uh, we'll have a link to the article in the show notes, and it's definitely it's a light read. It's a fast read, but I, I think it is fairly insightful when when you think about what was discussed with the games themselves. I wonder if Scott will retheme it as uh, My Little Pony. 
<laughs> well, you know something? You may want to uh, get that conversation I'm started sure. sooner rather I've, than later. I could see Charlie. If I bet if I asked Charlie that, he'd say how much money you got. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, we can we can do anything. We can do it. We can do. We can do anything. <laughs> you know, the whole thing about pinball is hard. I totally get that. But maybe it's not so hard when when all you have to do is just retheme it. You know, <laughs> so who's to say? Uh, the next one up, Brent. Before we get into the feedback, I didn't know if you've seen. This. I have not. And I bring it up solely because of the contextual uh, reference here. But Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, the film for Mar- releasing in March, the trailer was released for that this past week. And uh, you definitely need to go watch it, man. It's it's pretty awesome. I would, I would implore you, though, to read the book before you go see the movie. Because I truly feel if you see the movie without reading the book, you're missing, you're, you're going to miss some of the story. Uh, and it's a story worth, it's a story worth that. Uh, getting as much out of it as you possibly can Whitney, so. we all know that i don't i i don't like to read <laughs> it's all good man. can uh, it, how, how about this next weekend can you or actually this weekend so let me read it tied, again and just tell well, you what happens it might be well it was, might be tied around the holidays but i was kind of envisioning like a puppet show oh fair enough can, yeah can you present to me uh, the complete I can't. context content, I can't. I can't. contents of the book i, I will I, and i'll do it in, in a puppet show and i'll do it in in a thespian style okay, so, awesome. that you, so that you feel like you really got your money's worth I, oh money yeah <laughs> all my money's going to retheme a tna to, yeah to, to, uh, to, uh, to my, my little, little pony. pony yeah there you go oh but uh, yeah we've got a link to it on the facebook page I, check the trailer out i mean it it looks like it's finished production quality from the trailer perspective and it 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 looks it just it looks unbelievable i mean the back to the future deloreans in there uh, i mean several other classic uh properties show up uh, it it just it, it looks really really good so i'm excited for i'm kind of treating this as i do most movies uh, for example, the Star Wars movie yeah, coming yeah. out, The Last Jedi. Yeah, and I stay away from all of the the hype. The hype is this, yeah. but I have heard that because of all the the references, just generically, that it has to have been a monumental task to take care of all the licensing. I don't. I don't know how it's done. I, mm. If you want them all in, or at least ninety percent of them in, so that you can tell ninety five percent of the story. I, I don't understand how, how you can secure all of those licenses and represent them in the way that the license holders would probably require them to be represented and still tell the story that Ernest Klein wrote. All that being said, we'll see what Steven Spielberg does here in about three months. You know, if, you so, were a, if you were a really good friend, you could have you could have brought the book and lent it to me. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I do, <laughs> I do have it in hardback. I'll, br- I'll bring it if you'll read it. So, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Um it's it's actually very you could get it on Audible yeah, too I'm if you sure. just wanted to listen to it audiobook. I, I I have to track it down and just it looks like the paperback is out on Amazon for like 10 bucks. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely good. Definitely and with the good. Mo- with the movie coming out, it wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me if I couldn't walk into any mall. Uh-huh. And 
and not find it. That is true. That is true. So yeah, yeah. But if if you're if you're going to devote the time to read a book, that's that's one that's one to read. Very masterfully, very masterfully done. There's no doubt about it. All right, dude. How about some feedback, man? Before we close out the show. Well, I don't understand much of this Twitter thing. Yeah, okay. But well, I, you don't have to. All you have to do is just read the screen cap. I, I do see this thing from uh, Mr. Ed Cox here at Broken Token. New episode is awesome. I'm sure Eddie Martin or Mike Cox would be honored to do the show and yes brent one three two game on <laughs> <laughs> so he agrees with you on the whole back to the future thing yes the, the he whole does. back to the future angle. I, 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 don't, I, knew, I don't i don't get it i knew eddie and i were brothers y- yes kindred yes. spirits kindred spirits uh this next one is from uh, daniel copeland and I, I don't know where these quotes come from i guess maybe i say them i don't I can, really know I that can i do see it. i can see either of us saying this. yeah yeah but daniel quoted obviously something that i said she 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 is making drinks and i can't. daniel I, I i truly don't understand that i do not have an accent like that i 110 percent guarantee you i do not have an accent like that but brent i'm gonna run upstairs and get me a drink real fast okay right? i'll be right back all right i'm trying to think of what i said earlier in the show <laughs> because that will be the next tweet yeah, that it will that sean, it will. sean o'shea at broken token is professional grade which one Profe- professional first grade at uh, uh i'm sorry uh hashtag hashtag most one old school and said yeah, pound, pound yeah pound sign <laughs> oh gosh i need help uh hashtag consummate professionals <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes on later to say that he is starting the week's commute off right uh with uh with the one x worthy broken token and that's uh, that is a compliment in and of itself the next one though brent i think you, you got these out of order no no I, well actually it's the way the twitter client presented them you have to read uh you have to read vert okay, first and then casey replied after that who Yes, exactly, Casey. Who? We we need. To I, wish I see. Casey. Her, I can see around the pop filter your mouth moving, but I hear nothing. <laughs> he, he must be dead to me. Whoever. You know what though? We do need to wish Casey well because yeah. uh, the poor guy had to go the, to the ER this week. Oh man! Yeah, I, yeah. I, so I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So that's we, not, we hope that's he's not doing fun. well. Yeah, no. Yeah, not, I hope not you fun are. at all. I hope you are doing good there, yeah. Casey. And um, whatever's going on, I hope you know, hope you get through it and you're back out there with the fam and have a good holiday. So. That is true. That is true. Uh, Vertvik says that broken token, funnily enough, you guys don't think funnily is a word. And then Casey replies, only when they're gussied up. <laughs> And, and yeah, I, I I admit that I've I've used that word Gus that phrase gussied up in, in, oh, yeah. in a serious sentence oh, that yeah, not yeah. as a joke. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've used it several times. I mean I go out and wash my car and it's like, whoo, she's all gussied up now. You know, stuff like that. Yes, trust me, we we actually do that. Yeah. Uh, so, I would remind everybody a uh, good time, good reminder doing social media stuff here. Yeah. Check out our Facebook page. We do stuff all the time on Facebook. We talked a little bit earlier about, you know, putting the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff up just as soon as we saw it. Whitney's linked out here the Ready Player One trailer, the best pinball machines article we've uh, uh <laughs> i mean we post stuff as we find it i, I mean it, it's there's, as much as we can anyway there's a 
there's no gore involved no, no, from a certain no, point no. of view. No, but, it's all fan. It's all. Oh no, no, no! Friendly. This particular article. Oh, I got gotcha. you. There's no gore involved, but there is a story with a video pertaining to the closing of a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, that and one. Yes. The the the. The final disposal of the Chuck E. Cheese costume, which involved a sledgehammer. That's such a shame. It was. Yes. I don't know which was a shame, that they were destroying it or that the the lady with the sledgehammer couldn't break the the plastic headpiece but it's it's sad and funny all the same time it's it's back when back when stuff was made made high quality (laughs) man (laughs) made high quality it was made to last it was bona fide the that yes Yes. hashtag hashtag that yes so yeah check out our facebook page it's like we said it before it's what goes on uh, with the show between the shows there you go speaking of shows whitney yes there's your say what there you go thank you upcoming shows uh we've got the louisville arcade expo coming up uh, march uh two through four 2018 are we gonna do that this year we're gonna skip it yeah we're gonna do it oh (laughs) we're gonna do it we're gonna do it there's no (laughs) doubt about it so we got to be there we got to be there and it's so far. I know, I know. And it's just it it's it's a it's a task, but it's one that we're up for, man. I know that for a fact. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can find out more information about that show at arcaderx.com. Uh last time last month I checked they did not have the website updated for the 2018 show. I need to let me click on that. Brent, while you're talking about oh, yeah, the next sure. one and let, let me check and see if that's been updated yet. Uh Texas Pinball Pinball Festival coming up March 16th through the 18th. Uh, in Frisco, Texas at the Embassy Suites Hotel and Convention oh, yes. Center. It has been updated, actually. TexasPinball.com. And yeah, yeah, it seems like right about now is when they can start really rolling the updates to it, when they can start getting the schedule kind of formulated. Yeah. Uh, and, and if this year follows like other years, which I'm sure it will, they do excellent uh, work uh, there, the little Arcade Expo folks. They they will keep the updates rolling and really kind of start getting the excitement built up. Yeah, yeah, it works out well. And yes, the website uh, the website has definitely been refreshed. Uh, it, I'm I like in that Tempest like header. I am too, man. That it's, is it's looking good. We it's looking good. It's got a nice brochure feel to the site, so I, I really like that. Now it sounds so. like they're selling Pontiacs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, would you hey. like to, would you like to check out our steering wheel cover section? Yeah, exactly, Page exactly. Four. Yeah, could we interest you in, in undercarriage coating? So, what, what kind of wheel covers would you like with your arcade expo? Exactly, all of that. But the, the, they're going to kill us, or maybe me. You're just you're just kind of actually trying to push me along through. This. There, there you go. When they get a hold of me, I'm I'm in trouble. I, you're dead meat, man. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Brent. So you mentioned the Texas Pinball Festival. Would certainly love to check that out at some point. I hear there's a lot of pinball there, and I bet it's a, I bet it's like way good. Could too. that be? Could that be? Because the name is the Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah, I mean, coincidental at best, but, I, yeah. you know, who knows? We'll see. I was going for lessons in water skiing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Brent, where, where can people find us at? We can be found on the Throwback Network, and that's throwbacknetwork.net. Yep. We're also on iTunes, uh, so please uh, leave a review, rate the podcast. Uh, it does help us in search results. And uh, it was an interesting thing, Brent, I, I recently read an article where 
Um, the iTunes store, I think, is being rebranded like Apple Podcasts or something along those lines. Oh, they are. Yeah, and they're, they're going to, supposedly they're going to start offering uh, very detailed uh, download metrics as well through through their store because previously they have they they have um, allowed for like very little to no metrics whatsoever. So I, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what that actually turns turns into here uh, fairly soon. But yeah, if you haven't left left a review on on the iTunes store yeah please consider doing so we would greatly greatly appreciate that we can also be found on Stitcher Radio Xbox Music and the Google Play Store yep and uh, on Facebook we're facebook.com slash broken token Twitter at broken token and then our website brokentoken.com Wendy, I think that's a wrap for December. It, uh, it, it is, man. It is. Other than uh, I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. What, whatever whatever you decide, we wish you well for it. So have a have a happy new new year. Everyone, uh, you know, stay safe. Yep. I don't want to. There was there was a cop show in the in the eighties. You know, be careful out there. I can't think of what it. Oh, Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I almost sounded real Hill Street bluesy, and I pulled it back, and then I made a comment about it, and completely <laughs> and then, screwed and, it up. And there it is again. Yep. So, all I can say is I don't. Uh, all I can say is I don't have enough quarters in my change machine to post bail for any <laughs> for anybody. Okay, so I say just just keep it calm, yeah. keep it civil, enjoy your Christmas, have uh, spend some time with some good time with family and friends. Yeah, yeah. We hope that this podcast ride uh, rides uh, sidecar for some pinball playing some arcading maybe a family get together some present wrapping or i don't know whatever stress reliever you need to get through the holidays <laughs> how about that we'll just park that right there so uh, thank everybody for joining us yeah uh, whitney man it's been if you think about it this is our last show for the year it is it's been, it's been a great 2017 uh it'd be curious to see uh be curious to see how 2018 shapes itself up man i, I think we're we're sitting in a good spot and looking forward to the show for have, for have we year. reached the peak yet is it time to bow out i don't know man i don't know is it i no, surely not <laughs> I, surely not you, you'll have to wait till january yeah, to yeah, I, I guess so <laughs> we do, you know, we'll we'll leave you on that season ending cliffhanger right there <laughs> but seriously yeah. everyone have a great holiday have yeah. a great new year Watch out for yourself, your family, your friends. Spend some good quality time with everybody. Yeah. Um, time is much shorter than we all realize. It, it does, and and it just tends to go faster and faster yeah. as as the years creep by. But uh, yeah, this is a great uh, great family time, and we hope everybody enjoys it. And I'll say, until we meet again in 2018, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. 
We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broken Token, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hacy Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. I could just as well crawl underneath Jurassic Park and take a nap right now. Don't care. Yeah. Don't care. That's why I keep typing on this laptop. <laughs> Not now. Let me crackle my cough drop so I don't end up <laughs> spitting it into the... Are you here? Yeah. That's all good. You're like eight miles away from that mic. Am I? You knock yourself out. <coughs> Literally and figuratively, okay? <laughs> um, I love you too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>